0: going on down there.
1: Hello, welcome to WTF at TFW. Uh, We're uh, continuing this little train. This is actually the third episode in a row that's thematic, uh, because I'm having fun doing this. And it's the second episode in a row that's about a TV show, and and I learned some lessons from talking about uh, the Netflix show, which is that it it turns out conversation kind of naturally happens, and I I need to just not worry about catching all the different points. So I I don't even have an agenda. I just have prompts in my head. But, uh... In order to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, Cyberverse, specifically Season 3, uh, not, not what we're about to talk about right away, we're going to talk about a little something else first uh, that's not spoilery, but I am joined today by, uh, by Amy Ladywreck, once again doing a WTF at TFW at the Underbase cross-collab effort. Uh, hello, welcome.
2: Hello. It's well, It's good to be here.
1: Oh uh, yeah, and, and I just found out about uh, four minutes ago that the last time you were here was the end of October, and I thought it was earlier this year. I need to get that on the recording because I'm still <clears throat> mind blown by that.
2: Uh, I absolutely agree because I thought it was at least January, February, but no, it was. It's been almost a year. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's you know not not to keep repeating the line, but uh, that yeah. seems symptomatic of 2020 and the general time dilation therein. Uh, Yeah, I I still think it's the spring. What's up? (laughs) Um, so we like I said, we're gonna talk about Cyberverse because the last time I I did a big uh, deep dive on Cyberverse, uh, Amy, you were here and we were deep diving Cyberverse, um. So uh we're going to we're going to do it again because I, I caught on Twitter that you you'd finished seeing basically what seems like you finished seeing the se- the series uh, as far yes. as we know the cartoon is over the toy line just seems to keep kind of popping up here and there which I'm happy about um But uh, before we talk about that, yesterday, we're we're recording on August 16th, 2020. Yesterday was uh, the big virtual TF Nation day, and I wasn't able to tune in, but I saw lots of people having a good time. And uh, Amy, you were able to tune in for at least a chunk of it.
2: Yes. So I tuned in for the Friday. Um, They had like a Friday opening ceremonies and started stuff. And then I also... um, sadly didn't get all of Saturday but I got some highlights
1: (laughs) I mean that that just makes it even more like a real convention where it's you know when you're at an actual show it's usually physically impossible to take in everything that's happening Uh, oh yeah yeah And I I, I caught from from some of the UK folks that they were even replicating other conventions. Like, Chris McFeely was replicating the whole, like, forgetting to eat, even though he was at home the whole time. Pretty Uh, much. (laughs) I I saw this morning someone saying that they think they have con crud, and also that should be impossible, and they're very confused. (laughs) Uh, Oh
2: my gosh. Yeah. No, it's, they literally tried to put out, like, a version of maybe a sneak peek of what TF Nation represents and what they try to do with their, like, panels and convention. Um, and that really, literally, like, if you were sitting in the middle of a convention right now, like in sitting in a seat at convention hall, watching what was up on the stage. That's kind of what we got is just this running, you know, at this time, this is going to be this, then we're going to do an interview. Then we're going to do a little segment and then we're going to go to the next thing. And the next thing after that. And and they even did a club con. (laughs) (laughs) So if they, I mean, if you were able to tune in, that's that's kind of what a small peak of what you get with TF Nation. Um, then afterwards, because this is... I, I definitely did this because I'm, I'm an eight-hour difference between where I live and where they actually had the convention running in the UK. So... Mm-hmm. Um, eight hour difference on paper sounds really easy. Oh, I'll just, you know, but I also have like real life and a family and we've been doing online schooling. And so I've just been exhausted. So I had, I knew I was going to have a problem getting up on Saturday, um, to, to go listen to the, to the broadcast. And I slept through my alarm. So I missed a huge portion of Saturday's fun stuff. Um, Got on just in time to see uh, Dave Wallace, the MC, um, reveal his wonderful locks of pink red hair. I saw, I saw hair. the screen
1: caps pop up on yeah. Twitter, and, and uh, it's, it's the first time I've seen David in in a while. Just like be, because of uh, both distance and just the way the year has gone, yeah. Uh, I hadn't seen his face in a while, and then I saw not just his face, but yeah, this shock of pink hair, and in in one of the photos, this delightful uh kind of semi top knot going on as well yeah uh it's fantastic
2: <laughs> oh my hats off to that man i tell you uh his his commitment to the fandom can no longer be questioned
1: <laughs> i'm actually astonished how well the pink took to his hair cuz i recall his hair not being the brightest hair uh so that must have involved a ton of bleaching beforehand and... Yes.
2: I think he actually took pictures of that too, and I think I saw a little portion of that. So they did have to bleach his hair to take all of that pink, and it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's very hot pink. <laughs>
1: I hope he's feeling okay, because I've heard bleach can be burny if if you're not used to it or if it gets too close to the scalp.
2: I they had he had his wife and one of the con um staff both there doing that to his hair so my guess is that um they had professional hands (laughs) that Mm. have done this before so i don't know i guess we'll just have to watch social media and say and see how well he reacts to that
1: (laughs) yeah well the 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 one bright side of the way they did things is the the show was was broadcast on twitch and i I, the one thing i did manage to tweet out yesterday and i don't know how far it got but i I, when i heard it was on twitch i was i was trying to, to get out the word that Something on Twitch, you can rewatch it on Twitch, but uh, what it's what it's, a, it's called a video on demand or a VOD, and mm-hmm. Twitch automatically deletes VODs. Uh, I thought after sixty days, but someone quote tweeted me saying that for them it was fifteen days. Uh, the the thing on Twitch is that if you if you make a clip which is like a different, cl- different classification of a video, you can you have a VOD, and then from that you can make clips, which can in fact just be the entire VOD. The clips will remain in perpetuity, as I understand it, but the VODs get auto-deleted, so I'm really hoping people are able to clip, or, uh, it, or the TF Nation folks maybe could just get an... I think you can get an export of a VOD out of your own account. Um, gotcha. it would be a shame if, if accidentally that whole broadcast was lost to the either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Also, because I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's a couple interviews that I would really wish that I had gotten to hear. Because, um, especially since we're going to be talking about cyberverse, I I totally missed the the Maycat interview, which I suspected was going to have some goodness in it. So, ah.
1: Darn it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's got. A, I, I think I've seen people saying that it's, it's cu- currently, at least, up on TF Nation's page. Uh, okay. I can't remember if users who don't own the account can make clips off of a VOD or if they have to make clips during a live broadcast. Like, Twitch is a very strange but very fascinating system uh, to gotcha. me. Uh, I, I haven't poked at it very much yet. But yeah, it sounds like it was a ton of fun. I love the idea. Uh, I really liked seeing how many people uh, not only were involved, but like... How many people said the thing I was hoping they'd say, which was, uh, "FYI, everyone, this was pre-recorded and edited." What you're watching, because I'm like that actually makes it feel even more fancy and TV-like to me. Um, like, like Chris McFeely, I think, said that he had a bit that was pre-recorded, and Thew obviously had a bit that was pre-recorded. Um, so yeah, I want to I want to hit that up. That sounded like it was cool. And then who was it? Uh, one of the was it Toy Foo? One of the toy vendors did like a, a multi-hour thing selling stuff on the stream on on the friday or the saturday i can't remember which one it was yeah
2: yeah they did that as well i i think it was just ongoing like through the whole fun time that they were doing on friday and saturday so i believe it i want to say it happened on saturday but again it's a really cool idea that i hope that you know if we find ourselves this way next year knock on wood um Mm that we were able to see more things like this. I, I really liked it. I thought they did a great job. I was completely cool with the fact that some of it was pre-recorded, um, because then that, that main, they can just seamlessly keep it going for, yeah. what was it? <laughs> they, uh, 11 to like one o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Something like that it was great. I mean, yeah. you're talking about that was a full Saturday convention right there. And I, I was even sh- seeing some photos out there where like they had, fans had got like maybe two people had gotten together and they had like a lunch <laughs> tf nation themed yeah. lunch and just different things and it was just like wow it, it was kind of cool just to see how much effort they put into it and i tell you um watching the zoom afterwards that's exactly what i see in the staff even when i've stayed after after tf nation ends and everybody's just hanging out at the bar on monday like they're just chill. <laughs> We've had a, a a really long time planning all of this. Now we can just like sit back and just like sit there and stare off into nothing and have a little bit of conversation.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it gets my mind racing uh, on a media level because I, I keep thinking, yeah, if this is done, like even if even if like I'm I I would like for there to be the ability for folks to meet up on mass again next year. In the very back of my head, I do feel that still might be a bit of a pipe dream next year, depending how things go. And I I think it it would be really important for people to prepare for that right now. Um, Because this year, I think it was hard to adjust and and deal with the disappointment. I feel like we have now a year to prepare, and I think it would be good to prepare for there not being in-person conventions next year. Um, And then if there are, then great because I don't want to be right. <laughs> but yeah. um, doing another one of these virtual shows, especially like TF Nations, my mind is just racing with the idea of of just a cascade of, of pre-recorded stuff with a live host segment to throw two segments in between. You can switch out hosts, uh, have some live uh, interview segments or whatnot in between if that's feasible. Like There's there's a way to really, in, for lack of a better term, televise that process that I think could be super cool. Uh at least I think it'd be super cool.
2: Oh yeah. Um is, are you saying like like peel back the curtain a little bit and say, Hey, this is how we ran our broadcast?
1: Uh, kind of, but but also like like have like a do what TF Nation did and and just do it like with even more you know having a year to think about it like like we're gonna have a whole lot of, of segments and then in between segments it's like throw back to the live hosts who are on zoom or whatever and they say hey everyone hope you like that segment chat 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 here's some uh some TF nation stuff we have going on here's what's coming up anyway next segment let's throw over to this and then get like the next nice. video going and it like having like a a live TV host in a way uh, that there you go.
2: There's definitely room for you know experimentation. That's cool. That'd be a good yeah. idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, even even if conventions start happening in person again, it would be super cool if folks who want to run an event but you know can't afford to get an actual in-person event going, to look at models like these, and maybe we just make virtual conventions a normal thing, you know, oh. going forward.
2: I'm completely down with that. That's a great idea.
1: Yeah. Like, in addition, I should say, not to replace other shows, but and and also not to say TF Nation folks run a virtual con and your con because then they will cease to exist probably after a year and a half. Well, they'd
2: have to have like two different teams because they'd have, you know, people on the floor and then those that wouldn't be on the floor. But
1: yeah, like like I don't I don't want to see a convention staff completely stretch itself thin trying to do like virtual cons and a big because doing an in-person convention, as I've always understood it is a colossal amount of effort uh i agree i agree (laughs) but it'd be cool if if other folks or fans who really enjoyed the virtual con stuff that that's happened this year tf nation and otherwise like maybe that's the new fan convention going forward now that it's been a proven i think it's been a proven model uh doing like these virtual meetup things i'm sure people have already done them as well like i i didn't invent the idea it's it's too straightforward like someone has to have thought of it (laughs) uh (laughs) But yeah, I I it was really cool checking in on social media and like seeing all that talk. Like it was, it was nice to see the goodwill. It was really cool to see people uh, cuz TFCon has has similar social experiences over the over the years and it is cool to see that stuff vocalized but like in a fresh perspective. That the the live chat it sounds like was a whole lot like the lobby of a hotel room at a convention. Uh which oh, which it is,
2: absolutely was, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that I that I did miss that like I'm not like I'll be able to it depends I guess if there's chat replay or not, but you know, I'll be able to see the chat, but it won't be the same as being able to like pipe up, and go like, "Hey, I agree." <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah, the, the one other thing I want to throw in, just in case, I'm only saying all this just in case there are listeners who didn't really know about all this happening, like there were people who had who had not only bought toys that they were, you know, popping open that, you know, arrived that weekend. There were folks, like, I think Thu had, like, a stack of toys he'd bought and was waiting to open them so they would be like a TFCon hall, or TFCon, uh, a TF Nation hall. Um, and I think that's a really neat idea as well. Like, I've seen that idea bounce around this year when people kind of realized how unlikely conventions were. And, you know, like, kind of buying yourself something and making that your convention hall, I think, is a cool idea um but uh yeah uh thank you for the live uh the, the the live on show floor report amy uh i hope that your trip back from the uk was not too difficult um uh, the virtual uk <laughs> uh i hope the weather in the virtual uk was uh, was was all right uh, i don't know if they have like lots of virtual rain or anything um <laughs>
2: it was fine actually
1: <laughs> i heard there was a lot of virtual heat uh over there <laughs> Real life heat as well. I'm dragging this bit out a whole lot. (laughs) This is a spoiler podcast tearing open the tone of
0: Cyberverse Season 3 and by extension Cyberverse Seasons 1 and 2. I was already in the booth recording a spot to go in front of their Siege podcast, and out of both pity for me and respect for my abilities, even though I was not included with the Cyberverse Season 2 podcast, I am now here to tell you to beware spoilers for the final season of Transformers Cyberverse! If you need more spoiler preambles for your podcasts, I am a working man with over seven children's mouths to feed. Nobody appreciates the craft anymore, but I know clients out
1: there who may be listening certainly do. I need money. Help me that's uh that's a little bit of talk about tf nation uh now is the part where i do have to say if you have not finished cyberverse then I, uh, you probably should go do it and also it won't take you very long i've said this on like not just I've the, been the, yeah. on mikey's podcast like cyberverse is a tremendously easy show to watch and and in a in a really good way and uh you know, if you've ever hate watched anything to be part of a conversation, then you actually owe me personally to go and watch Cyberverse to be part of this conversation, because <laughs> it's also good. Uh, anyway, that that's my little spoiler warning. Amy, Cyberverse. So season three, how much stuff was in season three? Like it was, it was a longer season, episode count wise, but it like opened with the finale of season two. Yep. And then went right into one of the biggest swerves that I have ever seen in a Transformers show. And then kind of just had another season afterwards.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, it, was
1: it, it was, was it was really loaded. jammed
2: packed with everything. Like I after watching it, I thought, Oh my gosh. And and you, you contacted me and said, Hey, we should, you know, do a podcast on this. And I'd be like, I had to go back and re watch the whole thing. And I still think that I still re- <laughs> stuff that I didn't see the first time around. So it was just like, wow, they just really packed this last season just full of everything they could possibly throw at the wall and make it work. And then on top of that, I had somebody message me and uh, interview that that was with may cat the one that not not the one i missed but another one that was somewhere else and they had some the person that had listened had just put a bunch of notes together and just a huge list of other things that they had tried to pack in Mm -hmm. maybe even to fill it out into a next season i'm not sure but like I, i kind of briefly just kind of skimmed through it just before um i hopped on today but like wow talk about a really packed season there's yeah. so much it's just so much
1: <laughs> and that's why i want to repeat uh, my little thing from the opening like this is i don't think it's it's actually possible to just have a conversation about cyberverse and also be comprehensive Uh, Because there's so much. (laughs) And I kind of want to just just kind of bounce around until we feel a little bit spent. Uh, But it's just just my my pre-warning for the listener. If it sounds like we missed something, then we probably did. But uh, you have to go watch it. Yeah, yeah, you
2: have to just go watch it. Just 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 break down and do it. They're only ten minutes each, every episode.
1: And holy so, moly, like season three was a like like I, I know other shows have done the runtime and I might be mis misappropriating some credit here, but like I really feel like Cyberverse Season Three is a a masterclass of making that runtime as satisfying as a twenty minute runtime. Like, Absolutely, these, these episodes are so tight. Every interview I've seen. Uh, there's another interview, another interview with Maycat that I read on a, the TF Wiki community page, and mm-hmm. and on Twitter whenever it's come up. Like like everyone working on the show tends to respond really positively when this is mentioned and like this is not like a a sort of random thing like this is something they were striving for like this, this show really defined making that runtime matter and not be a uh, a bullet point you see when a show is announced like i think many of us did when this show was announced and you go like oh 10 minutes filler tv uh probably going to have no <laughs> plot whatever the 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 fact that this show has so much plot that that I'm pre-warning that we're probably going to miss chunks of it because there is so much and then the runtime was so tight like oh it's a delightful show to watch Um,
2: it it is I mean everything that you've just said absolutely I completely endorse
1: Yeah. yeah, like even even that that kind of season two finale. Like my my one of the only criticisms I really have for season three, other than I wish there was more, is that it's it's almost a shame it opens with what felt like could have just been the finale of season two. Uh, even though I'm sure logistically like that had to you know hold off and, and happen here. I think in some interviews I read that they were requested to have movie style episode collections like Battle for Cybertron or End of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, that season two finale on its own is is pretty loaded with stuff. Like there's uh, multiple character deaths. Uh, yeah. There there's a sort of closure of a few story loops. Um. <laughs> uh, like, I don't even know where to start with it. Like, I, I think one of my favorite things is that quite literally the two character deaths. Also make you immediately go stare at one of the toys that came out with this series, because the Quintesson toy comes with Shockwave and Prowl with Quintesson helmets, and neither of them are alive when the Quintessons, I should say, show up. Yeah. So it's like the ultimate red herring box. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like like Battle for Cybertron, I thought was a really cool, just like big glob of action. Um, did you like what stuck out in that in that, I guess, foursome of episodes for you?
2: You know what? There's like I said, there's so much going on. I mean, I uh, revealing stuff. I mean, like every single episode was just packed full of like little things that I was like, oh wow, I like that. I mean, the fact that, well, I mean, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of characters that just went whoop gone.
3: <laughs> they yeah. were there
2: and now they're gone. I was like, oh crap. But then you move forward and you completely. It's like there's so much going on. You don't really mourn it for too long. B- because mm. there's there's so much the next thing going on. I when I went through and watched it a second time, the I the fact that we had lost Shockwave, the fact that we had lost um, drift, the fact that we had lost prowl, I didn't really think about Shockwave until he popped up again as a ghost thing
1: Which <laughs> later. Does like like again to the show's credit when i say there's multiple character deaths they were also all done in ways that in the pantheon of different transformers continuities any of those deaths could could wrap around to be a character return easily yes uh, like it like shockwave and and, and cheetor uh sacrifice their their sparks into the allspark yeah that that's often been shown to be a two-way road in certain fictions or you know drift just sort of disappeared under a swamp, and he disappeared with Hot Rod. Hot Rod was fine afterwards.
2: Well, he was supposedly dead too, but somehow he came back.
1: <laughs> so yeah. it worked
2: for him. It didn't work for Drift. But um one of the inter- like I said, the same interview that I'd kind of read little bullet points for, they did say that well, technically Drift could
1: come back. No yeah. one's saying
2: that he is dead.
1: <laughs> he they just a lot of a lot of open doors.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which which oh, is kind of it's the kind of tragedy. If they do more. <laughs> yeah, it's a tragedy that it's over because I'm like, like I, I think it was in in some way like like one of my criticisms almost is that like drifts little story arc. It kinda it kind of came out of nowhere for me and it sort of helps that he was also then gone afterwards. So I'm like, yeah. okay, well I can I guess I can kind of forget about that. And I think, you know, Cheetor and Shockwave, I guess getting them out of the way did make room for more main cast to to take center stage, which is really cool. Uh yeah. And so there's like there's plus and minus, but like uh, like Cheetor definitely felt like a conclusion to his little story, and it yeah. was also an amazing little swerve given how many death flags and then literal deaths they planted all over Rodimus. Uh, but yeah, like like Shockwave uh, took me enormously by surprise. I wish that we'd seen a Wheeljack reaction because I think those two were a thing. Yeah, uh, but you know, I guess there's only so much one can ask for.
2: And there's, like you said, 10 minutes, so they, like, literally just pack it full of goodness, so. Yeah. Um, in terms of conflicts, though, I mean, if you look at, like, the whole the whole third season, because I was looking, I mean, I, I like I said, I went through and binged it again this week. Um, and I, this is how I kind of broken it up. You get the first half, like you said, that's the, the movie, you know, it, it, bringing Cybertron back, basically, and fixing it with the AllSpark. Then you get the quintess on, um conflict, and then you get the Bring Windblade Back third mm-hmm. part. And that's kind of, in terms of conflicts, that's kind of how they kind of put it together. That and also the end, like the, the, the Bring Windblade wind blade Back was also kind of like, they tossed in a couple of quest things and stuff like that. That was, you know, we got new characters that we hadn't seen introduced Mm -hmm. and they had um they were introduced but they also had a role in what was going to happen by the end of of the season as well so it was really cool (laughs) they did a good job
1: because almost, almost the biggest bummer for me of that third arc was that j- just Windblade by, by nature of that story had to be absent. Cause that third arc was yeah. simultaneously the toy commercial arc where all the new toy characters got to have a dedicated episode where they completely won me over and I wanted to go buy their toy. Uh, in some cases of like poor Wild Wheel or Meteor Fire, like some, some pretty <laughs> chintzy toys that are literally the only choice I have. Uh, but yeah, like I the only bummer is Windblade was was absent for those. She's kind of one of the, the, the one of the main characters. Pretty much the second main character of the entire show and yeah. she was completely absent for all of those character interactions.
2: <laughs> yeah, but at the same time they also because you know Bumblebee and Windblade were besties basically and mm-hmm. um it made us invest in both Bumblebee and Windblade so that we really cared about bringing Windblade back. It wasn't just like, oh, some character that we have to go f- save. Yeah. No, actually, we really are invested in Windblade at this point. And so having her gone for like that last third arc was kind of good in the sense because we wanted her back. So we're along the the ride going, okay, yeah, we're on board. How are we going to bring her back? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it did make for some cool moments, like like when you know they have to go into Decepticon territory, and and a couple characters, uh, the the you know a couple characters get to pay off some of the really cool um stuff that was building up in the the quintessence arc I, I always have to remind myself it's weird they say quintessence all the time i'm sure anyone who just watched the show especially any kids will just remember that easily every yeah. single transformers fan has to sit there and stop and go like no yeah, it's right they aren't the Quintessons. these ones are the quintessence yeah it's different
2: <laughs> I, and you're right i absolutely have to think before i speak because if i say it the wrong way it'll it'll totally not work but you're right that i mean when when you're listening to it it just rolls right off the tongue much better but as a you know transformer fan raised through the 80s i'm like i my mind does this little jerk Every yeah. <laughs> single time i want to say that
1: <laughs> like it helps that they are very different than yeah. any of the quintessons we've had of old uh, alpha, alpha q or you know the 80s ones or anywhere in between like that that episode where like i actually had to pause the episode uh the ep- episode five when that arc <laughs> started because i it opens with black repaint uh hot rod and clobber in some dystopian scape and i'm like what's going on did i skip an episode yeah and... i thought the same way too yeah <laughs> yeah oh, and it's, it's so cool that they they open up with you know the season 2 finale and you think okay we're going to go we're going to have some some slice of life stuff so like no actually it's the matrix now uh, everything's gone strange. And also our cast is, Bumblebee's not even in the show anymore, even though it's now called the Bumblebee Cyberverse Adventures. Uh, the cast is now like dead end clobber perceptor. Uh, like I loved that they, 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 I don't know. It, it felt, it felt like the best thing you could possibly do when your show has to change its branding to have Bumblebee on the, on the title card mm-hmm. is to just write him out of half the season. Yeah, uh, I loved it, and and the fact that they, I, I I would call it a pretty brave thing to do, uh, because again, at first glance, this is the Evergreen show, and it turns out that m- my hope came true, which is this is the show that yes, at a glance, it's the Evergreen show. This is actually the Transformers fan show where it's just gonna grab from everywhere, uh, and it, yeah, that that whole story arc, the the quintessence, the the loop, the the whole running. Thing of all these characters are stuck in this dream, like it was really cool dream logic. I thought they were using as well uh, to to explain how that system worked. Um, it just shook yeah, it up it so hard.
2: It didn't take much to explain those rules. Like within an, an episode, you're like, oh, okay, so everybody's stuck in a a parade loop. Woohoo! And it just made so com- it made sense. And I I don't know if they intended to do this, but it was almost like the Matrix. <laughs>
3: it, no, there's, there's
2: no way I don't know if they there's intended no, that. But there's I no let, way it
1: was. <laughs> it has I to kinda, have been intentional.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of just they kind of leaned into this idea because you know back in the day, you know when the Matrix series completely not even attached to Transformers, and then they had to change things with the movie verse because. They couldn't just say, say the Matrix. I kind of liked the idea. This kind of leans into that just a little bit because it had that strong vibe in a big way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, w- once we saw the, the quintessent like tentacle monsters, I was like, okay, oh, yeah. that's 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 the Matrix, and I, I don't mind it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's even some there was there were some good running gags like Optimus Prime's constant line about it being a great day for a parade was was some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, I I also felt like it. I mean, I I haven't actually watched this in a little bit. I didn't do the uh, the refresher because I I wanted to to just roll with it. Uh, but I I felt like for something that could have easily overstayed its welcome, uh, it moved along at just the right pace to keep giving us just a little bit more to think about. That it it wasn't like um, I, I guess you could say like like some of the the. Artifact hunts in Transformers Prime or yes. some of the planet story arcs in, in uh, Cybertron, Galaxy Force, where it's really cool new stuff up front. And then after you're about halfway through, you're kind of like, all right, like, I'm so hyped for when this is over and we're on something new. Uh, and, and, you know, once again, 10 minute episodes. It's really easy to not overstay your welcome when also your episodes are 10 minutes long. Uh I just felt like it moved at just the right pace. Like, first episode, here's a loop. Second episode, Dead End wakes up. Uh, and then right when I'm starting to think, like, all right, like, is this just the new normal for the show now? They uh, go to McAdams. They go underneath McAdams. They find out who McAdams is uh, ish, to some degree. Ish. We, we ish. find out
2: more in the next, you know, the third, the third final act.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they
2: didn't stop. It's like, okay, we're going to give you a little bit. And then we're going to give you a little bit more you didn't expect.
1: <laughs> yeah, or even like once you get to the point where you're like, this arc has to end. Like this arc's got to end, and there's no like they're going to win when this arc ends. It's right. They're like, yeah. oh, by the way, guess who the new judge is? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that just I was like, whoa, did not see that coming at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, that was I, that was a great reveal. Like that, like I I I'd almost forgotten that Starscream. Uh, like the last time I'd seen him was yeah. was you know flying off planet, and it was a great wrap around. Like one of my favorite interview bits I saw was where one of the only writer regre- regrets was that they don't they don't have a season to do their Starscream redemption arc they want to do, and I'm like, what would that even be? <laughs> like, I want to go now. Yeah.
2: How how yeah at this point what would that be exactly
1: oh my gosh yeah like th- this is the the first continuity since animated where i'm like aggressively um disturbed that it's over yeah. Uh, like, like, Prime, I felt Beast Hunters was a fantastic ending for Prime, and it did kind of soft transition into RID 2015, but, like, animated ended, and it's just like season four, for crying out loud, please, season four. And Cyberverse is, the, is hitting me the exact same way. And I feel like Cyberverse also created such a fantastic formula, uh, that even if the next show they do follows the exact same formula, I'm like, yeah, but you're starting from square one. Like, Cyberverse built up so much stuff. Uh, yeah,
2: I think comparing Cyberverse to anything else, I think things that's a really huge bill to pay. Those shoes are going to be incredibly hard to fill at this point because I don't know what, what. How do you follow something as amazing as this? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you can. Well,
1: and, and you need to know that you have enough time to to build up something like this. Like the the yeah. bummer about trying to follow up Cyberverse is Cyberverse was doing a a potpourri of of like Transformers fan candy, uh, just pulling from everywhere. And I feel like you can't really just do that again right afterwards. Um, no. No. which is fine. Cause I'm hoping the next show we get is going to be something that maybe stands really on its own in a different way, but I'm I'm always going to be kind of hungry to see like, what else would the cyberverse pastiche have done with other concepts? I love, uh, like, like, you know, taking the, taking the quintessons to call them the yeah. quintessens. uh, making the multiverse uh aspect of this show revolve a little bit around them uh while you know tapping into the whole unspace sort of cosmic terror concept that, that they'd come up with, and then rolling it up with like, oh, also Starscream's a judge, and he's bundled with two other creatures uh, from the cosmos, and one of them is quite literally like probe them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's <laughs> those an alien. <laughs> it's a bug and an alien gray. Like yeah. it's, it's fantastic. It also makes me immediately say like, okay, so those two species exist in this universe as well, and and I want to know what the alien gray society of the cyberverse universe is like. <laughs> Uh but yeah like oh uh the the quintessen arc I think is is probably the high point of the entire show for me not to say that it's like categorically better than mm-hmm. any other part of season 3 it's just like it's it's the arc where someone who comes to the show with no foreknowledge who sees the advertisements for season 1 they would quite literally not believe you if you told them about the quintessen arc they they think you're making it up because they hadn't seen it like <laughs> yeah it, it's so it it just goes so hard. Uh,
2: I, I think and, what it was just completely unexpected. I mean, like we heard that they were going to do something like that in season three. I think we did get a little bit of a tease of that, mm-hmm. but this was definitely not what I expected. I I don't even know what I expected because we haven't really hit quintessence for a while. So the fact that they did this and they had such a fresh take to it is just like wow. Why has everybody been afraid to kind of dive into this? Because I mean, they and did it so brilliantly. I mean, it was
1: great. Th- this crew, I think, they were also quite courageous in in not just doing the '80s quint like quintessons, basically. Like mm-hmm. they didn't have a bailiff and a, and a, a jury uh, or you know a, a prosecutor. They did call the
2: Sharktacons bailiffs.
1: They yeah well, yeah they yeah that's the thing they mixed it in. Uh, mm-hmm. But then they they mixed it in with Sharktacons who we had already met and I and if I recall correctly like they kind of tied it back to that Sharktacon episode uh, to mm-hmm. some degree as well. Um, but I think one place where they they went really uh, interestingly was also the scientist. Um,
2: oh, he was brilliant.
1: <laughs> yeah, this this kind of out of nowhere character who who. I felt like was really positioned as like this is this is the actual force behind the quintessence, uh, is is whoever this individual is, uh, and and just going all over the place with him like he shows up, leaves a mark in your mind immediately like this is a memorable character. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, he has a collection of sound waves from across the multiverse, which uh, I thought
2: was also very brilliant.
1: Yeah, like and and to then also work in like the idea of repaints to a degree and 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 toy collectors. <laughs> And, yes. Uh, and and then they, but then like even having the scientist story kind of end with like, and at the end of the day, all of this was a weird little bug in in, yeah. the, in the middle of like a, a big te- technological system. Uh, and I mean, admittedly, like, it, it, I'm pretty sure the implication is the scientist is no more. Yeah, uh, he's he's paced now. The, the whole uh, reason
2: why he kept coming back was because that little bug's job was just to push the button over and over and over.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and 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 in a way, it's kind of like the the quintessence, this this multi-universal, uh, transcendent species, perhaps <laughs> met their end because a little bug got squished, and they picked Star Scream. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Like they, they get referenced again um, in the final episode when we hear about the uh, the bad universe, and I, once again, I kind of wish we could hear more about the bad universe. It was like, uh, you know, like I know a lot of people like Shattered Glass, and that's cool, but like I also like the idea of just this isn't Shattered Glass. This is the bad universe, uh, yeah. Which you know we'll get to when we get to to that um, final uh, arc. But uh, with with the with the quintessence, we also you know we we got over the course of many episodes, we got some revelations about McAdam and we got the conclusion of McAdam's story. Uh, we, again, like this show, I think has one of the highest body counts of a transformers cartoon. And I keep restating it. Cause I think it's important to restate this. Everyone thought this was going to be a forgettable less like moral lesson of the day cartoon, uh, in, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, and then with Macadam, like that, that, that reveal of of uh, you know that he is the last citizen, the yeah. the his final <laughs> moments, like wrapping all of his premonitions back to this one point where he's like, well, this is where I'm supposed to end. And I was like, holy crap! Like that's just good sci-fi now. Oh uh, yeah,
2: they did a brilliant job with that, and I, I was like, I he was one of the characters that I did not want to see go away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he specifically chose to. Like, I, yeah. I've seen... I've actually seen conversations where people are like, well, that's so stupid. He could have just stepped out of the way if he knew it was coming. And I'm like, but I don't think that was the point. Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> the we the all, point...
2: We, I mean, they are really... You definitely get the sense there's something different about him. And not in just the fact that he is so incredible... But just he seems to just be part of something else that it only matters just to him and nobody else. And Mm -hmm. like his path is something completely different, which I mean, it does kind of play off the mythos because mythos has always been in Transformers, not just Mm -hmm. um, it just there's always a mythos there. And he was kind of that element that brings us back to this. But I thought it was really good because they put it in a character and they threw a couple of things together all at once to kind of make that connection. And it worked. I thought, Oh, wow, that seems to be a lot to put on even one character's shoulders. But the fact that they did that just really, really worked for that character. Yeah. Because we, we've already gotten uh, in other continuity where Mech Adam is one of the 13 primes. Right. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of slammed McAdam as a character. Also, (laughs) <laughs> In yeah. the third act, they 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 reveal that he's alchemist, and I was like, "Whoa, mind blown!" Right, mind yeah. blown.
3: <laughs> it, it's, and it so, worked. It was
2: just, I was like, it, "Whoa, that that's so cool!" And wow, I've never heard. You know, he's he's not McAdam himself is not Thirteen Prime, but he actually was. He's just different named. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, and like, this was all like the seeds of this were all laid back in like season one. And, and then to me, what part of the, the, like the cherry on top is if we never got any more cyberverse after season one, it still would have been just as satisfying that there was this kind of mysterious bartender, Yeah. uh, to which there was, there was kind of something about him. Cause they didn't, they didn't make the mystery, the reason why he matters. They just made it, you know, a huge part of who he is, uh, and, and they and, kept
2: that mystery to be honest even yeah. though we know he is
1: alchemist i still have no idea what he transforms into i love that they never like i love that we got the best look at it in season 3 and yeah. that you saw his silhouette briefly be, being huge, but that was about it.
2: And it wasn't even it was everybody else's reaction to it, like, whoa, I'm glad he's on our side. I was like, holy crap, that is brilliant. That was
1: it was great. Like, you know, and, and I, I said this about Netflix Siege as well. Like that's also a great I don't think they ran up against necessarily a budget wall in this, but that was a great way to also, you know, make the best use of your resources and and know that it's actually more impactful if we don't see it. Yeah. Uh like, like I got the implication to me, like to me anyway, the implication to me was that he probably turned into something that looked a lot like, uh, Iaconis. No, that's um, possible, yeah. That, that That's kind of, that, that's the implication I got, but again, like, you know, I'm not gonna, like, uh, have fights with people about how that must be what it is. It's just, to me, it seems like that's, that seems like the most reasonable thing that would match up with the reactions, but I also like that, uh, it was effectively left up to my interpretation. And it's, it's not me feeling like I'm doing the writer's work for them. Like it feels very intentional in yeah. a good way. Um, Iaconus also like we, they snuck in a, an utterly tragic Titan, uh, Cybertronian story in Iaconis. Yeah. Who's like, if I recall correctly, I remember, I remember coming off the season feeling like Iaconus' story is he was protecting his citizens and probably was responsible for all of their deaths uh <laughs> yeah. right up right up to the end uh, and that you know this this poor titan has probably been driven completely mad by like trying to protect his citizens wanting to fight stuff and then also probably being the reason why all the citizens are dead
2: uh yeah, and how it, sad he it was. was like oh my last citizen is gone Are they like going holy crap that's so bad yeah. it's dark but yet at the same time you know, we just kind of move forward, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so great!"
1: But <laughs> <laughs> well, then Iaconis kind of bites it too at the yeah. <laughs> by the end, like it. Uh, you know, the, the, using the Titans that way, like having having Iaconis and Croaton, and and kind of making Windblade's City Speaker stat, status matter, um, yeah. and t- tying it to how she originally it was a word that would explain why she could go into Bumblebee's brain, and I kind of took it at, at face value like that, and then. Kind of having that exact same ability, you know, interacting with with these two titans. Like, and I know she interacted with a titan earlier uh, in, I believe, season two, yeah. but this this felt like this is actually this isn't just interacting with titans. Like, this is this is city speaking uh, that's going on, and um, seeing the two titans like like wander around and like transform and fight each other. I was like, this is this is already more than we've gotten out of. Out of cartoons that were stated to be for older audiences, as far yeah. as the use of Titans, uh,
2: it kind of felt like like you know we've we said this already. They just threw everything they possibly could in and made it work. And we, we for two episodes, we get Titans battling each other, and they did a great job at, at doing that. And they had built it up and everything because we had already gotten the reveal of Croaton um, in the second season. And this mm. just kind of carried through, and he pops right back up when we thought, oh, we'll never see him again. Guess what?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> we I do. I, I had never heard of a character called Croaton until this show, and then I left the show sitting there, like, I want a Croaton figure. And then the, you know, they yeah. announced an Iaconus toy, and I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> so you're doing Croaton as well, right? Because there were two of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, they have to have their opposite. They did that a lot too in the in the show. Everybody had their opposite, you know, like um, Skybite and I keep forgetting his name. Oh, Jetfire. Jetfire, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, there were a lot of character pairings. Like, like this show is like a perfect uh, case for like why a good show, you know, makes, makes a fan buy toys. Like, I am gonna, yeah. over time, hunt down a lot of Cyberverse toys that as toys... I don't think I'm going to think very highly of, but they are the only representation in an articulate manner of some of these characters who I, even if they only had one episode, like, like I'm very attached to now. Yeah. Uh, like I am, I don't usually get like f- fan mad all that often. I'm actually fan mad at the idea that even I am ready for there to still not be a deluxe windblade, even if they do this like third wave of deluxes because <laughs> uh, I feel like someone's going to make decisions saying, oh, we can't do Windblade, and I'm just going to be sitting there going, like, literally the main character of the show that doesn't have a deluxe toy yet, the only main character that doesn't have a deluxe toy yet. Make that Come toy, on. dude. Make it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the Quintessent arc is, like, uh, also... Uh, the endearment of uh, of dead end and clobber now clobber has a i don't mean to make this about merch all the time but clobber has a pretty good toy out now mm-hmm. uh dead end does not dead Aww. end has one of those half transforming scout toys so he's he's sort of stuck halfway in the same hell as um oh i always forget her name because it's one of those like multiple s word names uh frankenstein lady um Shadow Striker.
2: Yes. Yes. Right. Shadow yeah, Striker, Shadow Striker.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, Shadow Striker and Dead End are both kind of stuck in this toy hell where the best looking figures of them are those ones where the alt mode is just half a robot. Uh which like I get the idea but it doesn't feel good spending money on that to me. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and, and Dead End had quite a bit to do in this. He like, he's I, like a breakout up, to me. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think pretty sure he showed up in in season 3. Yeah. But The thing is, is that like I really liked his character, even though I mean, because he was like that 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 you know critical, sarcastic dude. But I really loved the the lo- the hate relationship going on between him and um, Train. Oh yeah. my gosh, that was so great.
1: Because I, I I love Clo- I love Clobber, especially yeah. like I liked I liked Clobber and Lockdown as the two goons with a heart between yeah. them and and uh, in season two. But this like really pushed Clobber up somewhere and and, and uh and I, I think that she was a very good character. I think Dead End was one of the most interesting characters though because Clobber's storyline was good, but also it was a little bit rote. Like it was a, a known character arc to have where, you know, yeah. the the well meaning bad guy becomes a good guy. Hooray. Uh Dead End Instead, at the very last minute, is like, I don't really want to be a good guy either. I'm I'm just gonna leave. I'm out. Yeah. And then when he comes back, he's clearly been through stuff and now has this fascinating and barely touched-on relationship with an Astro Train that we've literally never met before. Uh and, and the two of them, I guess by being so interesting, have also been doomed to not having any good toys because Dead End has that scout. AstroTrain has nothing. Ugh. Ah like that can't i want an
2: astrotrain now to be honest and i say i don't say that in like because i don't usually collect toys but i kind of really dig that i dig how much bigger he is than everybody else and the fact that they just kind of threw that in there i was like dude it's astrotrain holy cow these guys are great together i want to see where they went while they were gone that would be I great know, for season four, wouldn't
1: it? <laughs> I want to know what Astrotrain was like, also, like as as yeah. a, de- a denizen of the bad universe. Like, it it's such a strong debut for a character to appear as a shuttle with a holographic version of their head in the cockpit, saying that he hates the pilot, <laughs> yes. and and then Astrotrain like has this fascinating entrance. Then he's like. Uh, seems to have like this really solid knowledge of Unspace, the cosmic terror force of this entire show. Oh,
2: that's his gimmick. He, yeah, he can go into debt into in not space or whatever. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, like like he, he he can survive Unspace, whereas it's it's basically stated like if anyone gets teleported to Unspace, they're also pretty much dead. Uh yeah. you know, like yeah. the it's it's actually you know it happens to bludgeon and it happens to some to some um generics uh in end of the universe. And it's it's a really freaky idea too, because the the episode where we're we're introduced to it in season two, it's like, oh you don't just die in Unspace, you survive in Unspace until you just start to cease to exist. Yeah. It's like that's sort of freaky. Uh but then also Astrotrain ends the show going, like, actually I'm taking bad Megatron because I owe him bad I owe him some bad payback of whatever it is he did to me. So I'm taking him into unspace with me and, and you can just rest assured that it won't be good for him. And I'm like, he's going to be the warden forever. (laughs) Yeah. Who is this Astro train? And then like (laughs) between like he and dead end, they're just, they are, they are for characters who don't have a lot of screen time in a series that just doesn't have a lot of screen time in general. Like they leave such a mark. Like it's like, they just, they hand you, a season four's worth of these two characters without really telling you what it means. Yeah. Uh yeah, and, and, and you know, Iaconus, that toy I felt like kind of got announced out of nowhere. So I'm I'm you know, there could be an AstroTrain that gets announced out Crossing of nowhere.
2: Crossing my fingers. Tr- <laughs> he's a
1: giant dude with three forms. He's literally like a, a, a Christmas gimmick toy. Um that would be a great time to bring level. it out.
2: Bring it out. Yeah, announce it in November, and everybody gets it for Christmas.
1: Yay! <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. Astrotrain happened in November. <laughs> if we just say it enough times,
2: <laughs> hopefully we don't get a cease and desist order after this.
1: <laughs> you, how'd you guess it? Who told you? Which Which retailer who just takes photos of his computer monitor sent that to you? <laughs> uh, we
2: didn't. We just We just made a prediction because he was just that that guy that's so c- cool that we need to have so. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and, this is our
2: official endorsement right now.
1: (laughs) Well, this also, I think, really speaks to just how well characters who who speak in this show like Mm -hmm. exist. Like Cup, for instance, uh, doing wow,
2: what they did with it was cool too.
1: Yeah, like just doing that kind of—I always forget the name of the movie, but that movie reference. bit you know like speaking to the crowd in front of a big flag uh i always mix up that film with there's three films that i always mix up uh that involve people in nom and i I always mix them all up because i haven't i haven't as a film student obviously i've watched them which is to say uh they turned them on while i was in class um and i watched bits of them (laughs) but uh yeah like cup he's sort of just there as an as a narrator I think I caught from one interview that like it really could have been anyone and someone was like this has to be cup uh because they think cup is cool um yeah and uh and and you know he that's kind of all he really does in the show out of outside of a few bit lines but
2: yeah he even in the when he's explaining what's going on and stuff like that he you know take a little two second break as he's narrating you don't really see him, I think you see him standing in the background on one of the episodes while he's doing that in those episodes, so he doesn't yeah. even really do a lot, but, like, he's there. Yeah. And and they liked how well they handled that. It's like, wow, let's throw a cup in right here! Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else, just just throw him in, <laughs> randomly, but, and then he never, he's not there again after that. Ugh.
1: Well, even all the, the other bit characters, like, um... I actually kind of kind of uh there are bit characters but the one other one who sort of existed there's two others who sort of existed throughout the show uh-huh. one of them introduced in season 3 and then kind of left alone and then I was like is that it and then they get a whole episode is the Repugni. Yeah. Uh Repugnus. Like that, that little trio of repugnuses is, is really cute in, in in the opening of season three. I'm like, well, oh, you know, that that was cool. i maybe I'll pick up that figure. Then they do the, the episode about the repugnus society with its its massive and very heavy handed messages about classism. And I'm like, well, now I want a whole bunch of repugnuses. Yeah. <laughs> uh
2: that was awesome to see. I, that was probably one of my, if if I were to pick out a themed episode, that one, like you said, about classism, was just so good. They they made a really good point with that, that they were all, eh, it was really good. I, that, I was just thinking last night, if you were to ask me what my favorite episode would be, strangely enough, it would be that one. The journey, yeah. I think, it was the journey to the, the the land of the Repugnus or something like that. It was but, a yeah. journey
1: to the Valley of Repugnus. There you go. Uh, yeah. Which again, like when I say heavy handed, I don't mean that as like an insult. It's like it's it's a very solid episode that if a little kid's watching plants the seeds of why classism is bad. Yeah. And, like, like right down to the names of all the characters, I'm looking at the wiki page, because I mostly remember uh, Repugnus and Affluus, which is, again, super heavy-handed. Repugnus is repugnant. Affluus mm-hmm. is affluent. Yeah. Uh, but there's also Fabulous, Technicus, Raddus, Hippus, Coolus, and Stinkus. Like, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's a really cool way to, to bounce off the fact that, yeah, there's a Transformer called Repugnus, and that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, so yeah. what if there are a bunch of other ones? with similar names yeah uh it's, it's just, yeah, it is a really cool capsule episode. Uh, it has some of the Windblade plot in it, which, you know, they, they exposit about enough, but it also, it doesn't st- get in the way of the episode all that much. Uh, and you can just watch that and you go like, oh, this is, this is what a, 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 you know, quest with a slice of plot episode is like. And it is really cool. Uh, the other one is the biggest payoff. Okay, actually, I'm not gonna say biggest because there's lots of payoffs and I'm gonna mix them all up. But one of the biggest payoffs of season three, right near the end, we get the rack and ruin episode oh yeah After, that was a good uh, one yeah yeah like we, we see rack and ruin in the show and the whole time like the first time we see him i remember the conversations like is that nah that can't be and then someone oh. working on the show says no that's rack and ruin and it's like you you, what yeah
2: <laughs> we had random uh, wreckers through the whole thing they never say wreckers but literally <laughs> they had them in there it was great Whirl as well but you're right oh the yeah rack and ruin episode
1: yeah I forgot. Like, World is another one who was. He just shows up in season three, joins the main cast, has an identity even. Like it's kind of, He's he's a bit more of a joke character, but you know he's like he's the well meaning guy.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. very fun.
1: Uh, but then the, the the rack and ruin episode is like after all this time where it's like the whole gimmick they have. There's two parts of their gimmick. One is they're stacking boxes and the boxes always get knocked over, and then two. Rack and Ruin exist in a cartoon was a gimmick all in of itself, I think, for yeah. most fans. Uh, then we get this episode where it's like they're exactly like I had hoped. is like they're incredibly good at what they do in spite of themselves. And and the entire <laughs> world even reacts to them in such a way. Like that, that wonderful little sequence where they get very easily tricked into helping some Decepticons and then go like uh, army crawling towards a bunker in a wide open field. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, it was brilliant. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> makes, makes me happy that like clobber cause they're the same price point. They got a pretty yeah. decent toy. I actually have that one. That one is uh, I recommend a lot of people don't like the alt mode. Uh-huh. I, think alt, I think the alt mode's fine. I think it looks like a, like a space truck. Cool. Um, that also gave us some more ratchet and, and ratchet. Uh, if I recall correctly, never really got like a, big ratchet episode unless i'm forgetting one but that was another just really strong character who was lovely to see uh you know that episode is called rack and ruin and ratchet so he's a big part of that episode
2: yeah Um, i think that yeah that's 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 probably the most we got for ratchet
1: yeah yeah and and i like their ratchet like he was he was crotchety ratchet but with a slightly younger voice so he's kind of like middle-aged ratchet yeah. Uh you know he hasn't gotten old but he's also not young. Um but uh, yeah other than that like the then we have this whole sequence of episodes uh like their names are in almost uh, not all of them but like there's an episode called Thunder Howl. Wild Wheels episode of Wild Wild Wheel. Uh Meteor Fire has an episode uh Shark Boy whose name I always forget Hammerbite has Hammer an episode. Bite, yeah. And I came out of all those episodes I went into them hearing Hammerbite was a good toy and came out of them wanting all those figures. Hammerbite slightly less so because he didn't get to do as much in his episode, but he was fine. I just, I also understand he's a good figure, so I'd I'd like him anyway. But, like, Thunder Howl, I I spent a whole lot of time staring at the fact that he was part of the deluxe wave, going like who is this and why is he not Windblade and why do I even why are they spending this much time? Why are we getting a deluxe of him? And then his episode sells me on him completely. Like yeah. top to bottom. Like a you know, not like the deepest character, but like a loud character. Uh and, and and hinting at another part of this Cybertronian society that we just haven't really seen yet. Uh, and in this really cool setting, like this crystal maze that spawns reflection ghosts that try to kill you. Uh, yeah, Thunder that was Hell's, a new twist.
2: A new twist yeah. on the Crystal City, which we kind of haven't seen, I think, since IDW. So it was kind of cool to see that there and to see just a different twist to it. You know? That was awesome. I was like, wow, I kind of like that. So the whole point is, don't go to Crystal City.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I also like that Crystal City, like, was um, uh, how do you put this right? It had it had nothing to do with the war. Like like it was created by some. If I remember correctly, it was created by some madman who's also no longer alive. Like his corpse is on a throne. Yeah. Like he he built this city to rule over that no one was in, and he kind of just died on his throne. And I'm like, what what was this guy's story?
2: Uh, Actually, I kind of wonder if it was a city former. Just because oh, we yeah. got those. I mean, it looks quite different than anything else. I mean, it never transformed, but, you know, hey, maybe season four could have it transformed. The reason why I say that is because we also go to the one with um, uh, the Argon Sea.
3: And yeah. the, Cth- oh.
2: the Cthulhu city-former that was in that, I was like, whoa, this
0: so the-
1: is awesome! <laughs> that episode took, like, I-, I was staring, like, I almost gaped when they... So, the Dweller in the Depths is a thing that's been yeah. said in Transformers. But, yeah, they make it not only a Titan, but it- it- it's it's literal Cthulhu. Like... <laughs> Like yeah. um the artist who did the design put put up a really cool design photo on on Twitter where it showed a cutaway of like what the dweller looks like without the tentacles and uh it it just makes my mind race with lore ideas like those tentacles look like they were an add-on to his to his face design so it's like he wasn't always Cthulhu what happened to him down there <laughs> yeah and and also what i really like n- no one stopped him like, he's no, no. still down he's, there.
2: He's still <laughs> down there. The only one that's standing against him is the, the hammer. hammer bite? Yeah, Hammerbite?
1: Yeah, Hammerbite, who, who it only takes like one wrong move and Hammerbite becomes a, a mind controlled zombie again. Like, yeah I, I love the idea, that, again, like another, um, faction agnostic entity that is just existing on this planet and, uh, and like like to me the dweller comes off as like a unicron tier threat that simply chooses to control the sea. Yeah. Like I'd love to see Cyberverse work a Unicron in and it's the dweller that like stands up and says no this one this is mine. This planet's mine <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like the, the the dweller is just, is fascinating like I almost I, I'm sure it might have run into some kind of budgetary wall. It yeah. would have been amazing to see the the former or still current denizens of the dweller as a city and like whatever it did to them like I can only imagine like again leaving up to my my imagination is maybe for the better but when when a titan is literal Cthulhu, I'm like, well, what happened to its citizens?
2: Yeah, you wonder. Makes you wonder. Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> oh, that, yeah. The, the dweller in the like I said, is...
2: <laughs> there's so much that you could quite literally. It would be great if they could do a season four and start like bringing out a few more of these things and really kind of expand that a little bit. Because I have absolute faith that they could do that.
1: Oh yeah, now, this this creative team proved their they proved their mettle by halfway through season two uh easily like season one was solid i'm not saying it wasn't but it was halfway through season two where you realize like you could all you could just do this forever this show can
2: can we give them two more seasons please
1: (laughs) one of the one of the most frustrating things about this is as i understand it it's not even like we're choosing to end the show for any good reason it's like oh there's another another production company changeover happening so it's it's just like the, the
2: transformers curse it yeah, is. It, it's a curse. They only go to three seasons and then stop. And I'm like,
1: ugh. Like why? I took some guff, I took uh, some guff for it, and I didn't mean it as a dig on rescue bots, but when mm-hmm. this when it was announced, like, yeah, season three is the end, I was just like, Can can a show please run as long as rescue bots that isn't rescue bots? Yeah. And and some folks were like, What's wrong with rescue bots? <laughs> and it's like, nothing. Nothing. Th- rescue there bots should is be great more. too. <laughs> 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 it's just there should be more than one show that gets to run that long. <laughs> and and like the only one that comes close really is prime and that's if you make the connection to rid 2015 and that's a real tenuous connection like it's there but not in a way where rid feels like it is prime yeah Uh,
2: it's not i mean i've had i've struggled to try to get through rid just because i'm just not interested it's not that i hate it it's that that's the thing i don't hate it i just can't be bothered i'm just so not not prime that i'm not interested (laughs)
1: <laughs> like like speaking to someone who like I I, I like Ridd a lot, uh, but it's it's not Prime. It's a yeah. different show. It, it's in the same continuity uh, tenuously. Um, it, it's got a lot, a lot of cool callbacks, but whenever a callback happens in that show, those characters adjust to to be Ridd characters, mm-hmm. um, and and it's a very specific change of tone that like I don't mind as a separate show. But it also means that, like you know, it's not literally prime season five through seven. Um, and with, with this show, yeah, it's 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 tragic that this show is is ended now because it it's it's so rife with with possibility. It's the most um, how do you put this? The most alive I felt with a Transformers show or or media since like like Till All Are One, yeah. uh, and and IDW 2 Like like th- this 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 thing hits idw2 notes and i think that's a lot for a cartoon to do especially one that is ostensibly the kids cartoon uh
2: yeah but i i also think about like i have a five-year-old and i would be i would not be worried about showing him any of this there's nothing scary about him and like granted there's some dark points but they don't linger too long for it to Mm. really make you start being afraid just more like they linger just enough to give you the weight of there's some consequence with this which all, uh, also on top of that there's also consequences to some of the actions of the characters as well so like it just weighs it just enough to be whoa that's kind of scary and intense but at the same time i'm not afraid to let my five-year-old watch this
1: <laughs> yeah like, like as there far parts, as actual
2: there are parts in siege i would not want my five-year-old to watch
1: I was gonna say, like as far as actual freaky stuff, all I can really think of is three things: is blur disintegrating might freak some kids out. Yeah, that could be. Uh, yeah. Parts of parts of the visuals of the Quintessence Arc could be scary for a kid if they just find that stuff scary to look at. Yeah. Uh, and the Dweller actually could be kind of scary if you're not ready for yeah. something that's kind of a big booming voice on a on an unknowable face.
2: <laughs> well, crazy enough. I also thought that how they handled the color in that actually made it a little less threatening.
3: But oh, yeah, if yeah. you
2: know what Cthulhu is and you see that as an adult, you'd be like, "Dude, this is the best."
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about when when I was a kid. Five year old wouldn't
2: get it, but like the adults would be like, "Holy crap!"
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember when I was a kid, the stuff that would actually really scare me is stuff like the Dweller. Um, there, if, when I was very little, like characters like that, sometimes I'd be fine with them. I honestly don't know really where the line is drawn, but yeah. sometimes a character like that would actually make me like I'd get that that dread swell in, in the middle of your chest, and I'd like yeah. have to hide my face. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the the talking evil um, feline thing in Land Before Time did that to me uh, when I was a little kid. Oh, there's some personal okay, yeah. trivia I always forget if it's yeah. a cougar or a panther or whatever but um yeah the yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the episode list there's just a couple other things right on the front of my mind uh the wild wheel episode is uh, actually another one I think you could just show somebody yeah apropos of nothing like that's just here's the story of an autobot who got left behind and he's mad and he's a cowboy and that's the whole story and yeah and as a B plot, you get the Optimus Prime is actually a lot happier just doing his work than being lauded as as a savior um, subplot, which is also I thought a really solid thing to pair with a character who holds Optimus Prime in just as higher regard, but in the negative in in Wild Wheel, yeah, uh, it's kind of a bummer that it's also this is kind of the only stuff Wild Wheel ever did. Like he appears later on as a goon, um, but like doesn't really follow up on this episode all that much
2: yeah he's just like the guy that megatron kind of has as his like he's on the inside no but he's basically hired for his gun (laughs) yeah (laughs) and we also find out that optimus prime is the fastest draw in the west
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, and yeah that 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 wild wheel design like uh, the is trying really hard. I'm gonna pick it up. I know it has no feet, which is probably, it's probably one of the biggest bummer toys of the entire line. Uh, but, it's just such a strong episode. You come out of this going like, I wanna go to Toys R Us and buy Wild Wheel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it it the the Optimus Prime stuff in this episode too, like uh, really cements that Cyberverse Optimus Prime in performance and character was a very understated but to me like really solid Optimus Prime. Uh, and uh, the actor who is the same actor as as in Siege, uh, I was I always forget his first name. Jake. Um, Jake. It's Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake Tillman. Um, like the guy who was hired. Into this role because he was on Ellen doing an impersonation of 2007 Peter Cullen. Oh my gosh! Uh, He's like he—he is the youngest, Austin's prime actor to date. He was 21 when Cyberverse debuted. Uh, Wow! He started off like you know, sounding like he was borderline getting line read just came into his own during this show, uh to the point where like one of my biggest criticisms of Siege is that it absolutely undersells his ability to be a voice actor. Uh and and Cyberverse is, is really like like if you watch Siege and you're like, ugh, who was that Optimus Prime? I'd just be like, you go watch Cyberverse right now.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that that was a big thing because I thought I I I'm not I'm really critical of that voice. I don't want a wannabe Cullen. I want if we can't have Cullen, then just do something new. I mean, David yeah. Kay is still one of Everybody likes David K's Optimus Prime. And I have to say, I mean, I think we actually did talk about this in our last recording, um, how we would approach, like, how do we like Optimus Prime? Do we like the fact that it's not Cullen? And I'd say absolutely yes.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: I like the fact that the Optimus Prime that we're getting in Cyberverse is just so it's it's the character is basically Jake is making it his own and he does a really good job with it, but I can't it, it just breaks my brain every single time. But he's the same guy that did Siege that I un- didn't like. <laughs> it's
1: unbelievable. So- like there, there's moments in Siege where his 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 quality does shine through, and it's when he sounds the least like Peter Cullen. Yeah, uh, and it, it, in Cyberverse like. I should I should state like like he starts off in a real low place in Cyberverse like he was to me the worst part of the show in the opening few episodes mm-hmm. uh, that 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 episode that starts with him saying Prime Log is still I think the worst episode of the entire series. Yeah. Um, but uh, having said that he then becomes to me a very solid Optimus Prime who leans in. To the the trappings of a Peter Cullen as what the character is, yeah. like in in season two that that the party episode near the end of season two was a huge moment for this version of Optimus. I think, like like showing like yeah the solilo- soliloquizing no contractions uh, Cullen alike Optimus Prime. In fact, that's his character to the point where he doesn't know how to function in a social setting. So yeah. he goes to chill out on top of the ship. Or in season three, he doesn't know how to function uh, in a setting where he's supposed to just sit there and be uh, a, a figurehead. So he goes to some backwater town to to deal with their their cyber oxen or whatever, uh, all their all their stampedes. Um,
2: and as they're rebuilding Cybertron, they keep asking him all these little questions. And he's like, uh, don't. Why is this so hard? I'm like, well, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. They did a good job with that.
1: It, it made, uh, it made Thunder Howl, uh, it made it tragic that Thunder Howl was only in, like, really the one episode as a major speaking character because mm-hmm. you get that bit at the, I think it was at the end where he bounces off Optimus a bit and he's like, ah, you are the Prime. And to him, that means Prime would be a king, basically. And it's like, it's like Prime's biggest nightmare is someone who doesn't just think he's the savior of the planet, but also literally a king. And he, and he's like, yeah, I just wanna, I just wanna go fix the whatever building. Like, <laughs> Yeah, can I can like, I
2: rebuild this here? Can I go do these things here? Have somebody else make all the decisions, and I'll just be like, yeah, sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Roll out. <laughs> I, I, I dug it. Like, it made it that kind of, like, like a Prime being like that also just makes it easier to buy the idea of him having any kind of chemistry in relationship with any Megatron, uh, really. Like, if you just have, like, the 07 movie caricature of Prime, it's really hard to buy the idea that he was ever not that. Uh, and that he and Megatron would have ever had a rapport that he ever would have been young at any point. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, the, sorry, I was gonna, I was gonna start going off another tangent, but I want to, I want to quickly hit meteor fire as well. I can see this episode and character bouncing off some people. I think it's been long enough though, that like taking a character whose design and alt mode has nothing to do with wildlife and then just going like, no, it's Steve Irwin. Yeah. Uh, and, and also his partner's Cosmos.
2: (laughs) I loved.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cosmos.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Two spaceships. That's fine. Uh, in case you haven't seen the episode and you're still listening to this for some reason, um, Cosmos is also recast as a female character with literally no fanfare about it. It's just, this is who Cosmos is in cyberverse. Uh, but also tragically, none of us knew Cosmos was in this show until this episode. And like Cosmos absolutely does not have a toy and I'm like you made a whole design though. And Are you kidding me?
2: Ugh, there is absolutely okay, wow. no
1: Cyberverse Cosmos toy that I'm <laughs> after, aware of.
2: After that introduction and the fact that he is a she and they just they I liked I liked how they did that with with um with Cosmos and like what they did with her in the show as well. So it's like come on man, you got to give Cosmos a toy.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a I mean oh, no. as as I didn't an actual as an actual fan of Rid twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. the one little silver lining is I have lived this nightmare already. Uh, because Rid twenty fifteen is full of amazing Decepticon designs, mm-hmm. of which there are about like six to eight good toys. Oh, wow. Uh
0: I'm
1: I'm understating that a little bit, but like like the story of Rid twenty fifteen was I sure hope any Decepticons get a toy. Uh, in Cyberverse, like it is actually worse because it's I hope anyone gets a toy. But it's still close enough. Like I, at least I feel like I've got a callus built up in me to deal with this. Uh, but Meteor Fire's episode also was like it could have just been like yeah we have a Steve Irwin character and it would have been very rote. But like he's also washed up at the start of this episode. Uh, and this episode also throws in stuff like spooky ghosts of Shockwave and etc. and Blur. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I almost, I almost wish that there had been more to what they were, um, than just like a a sort of, I guess, defense system, Mm -hmm. um, Cause, cause it was like, it was a fascinating thing. Like seeing, I, I, I watched that episode. Uh, I'm a bad person. I watched that episode on daily motion. You should all rewatch this series on YouTube where they can see people actually watching it. I just want to throw that, that disclaimer out there. Uh, but the thumbnail had shockwave in it. And when I saw the thumbnail right before I clicked the episode, I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why shockwave in the thumbnail? What's going on? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, the Alien Hunt Meteor Fire episode, again, it's like, it's 10 minutes, and there's so much in it. Like, yeah. all this stuff we were just saying. Uh, it, it's, it's. Uh, I, I keep restating it. It's just, I am so amazed how packed these episodes were. Uh, and, and Meteor Fire, uh, thank goodness, his toy has feet. So that's like a, a figure that might actually be pretty fun to mess with. Um, I still haven't actually seen any of these in person, because I haven't been out toy shopping since March. So I kind of forgot what that's like, but uh, I, I should mention also he and Wild Wheel are from this line where this is sort of this is not a big thing, but uh, they they snuck in a gimmick into into the third season. But I thought that it was a masterclass way to sneak it in. There's a battle call gimmick uh, where on the toys it sounds like if you turn them on and yell at them, a light turns on in time with when you're yelling at them. Oh, wow. Uh the way that they worked it into the show is when Megatron makes his big his big return to fight off the Quintessens, he yells a thing and lights up. And then for the rest of the series, a couple of characters can yell a thing and light up. Yeah. But they don't really do it all that often. And Just I, I when they like need to, that. yeah. Yeah.
2: I thought it was a kind of a good thing, too, because it it kind of has a little bit of a callback to Beast Wars, but also... In Rescue Bots, they did the energized thing as well. So I thought, wow, that's kind of a nice little nod there that they throw in at the last, you know, the last third of the of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns into kind of like a thing that is actually great because it, at, as you, you know, that was the thing that helped them resolve the conflict in the second half. But in the third mm-hmm. half, it f- kind of fails. So it's like, it only adds to the fact of how Big and bad—the the final bad is.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it, it also like you know them lighting up with stuff let them. I, I felt like that let them as writers say like yeah that's energon armor because that was another gimmick yeah. in this final final uh, year of the toy line that like like another show would have sidelined the like like season two sidelined a little bit with the the spark armor gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, o- only really for like one and a half episodes I think, but you know another series would have sidelined entire reams of episodes to have battle calls and energon armor and stuff. And I, I liked how cyberverse handled all of that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's worth, like that kind of bounces into, into the other big aspect of the season, which is like Megatron's return and then creating for at least a few episodes, this, this at peace, but bordered Cybertron, which is a, a an idea I don't think we've ever seen before. Yeah. Like, that they just drew a line across the planet and, yeah, and this set is up your a border half wall. This is my half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which
2: is, that's something that a lot of kids can kind of relate to, because if they have a sibling and they share a room, it's like, hey, you're half my half.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it also, uh, it, it, lets you br- it lets them bring back that great energy that they would have in, in season one and season two for at least one episode, which is like... Once upon a time, all these people were just citizens of a planet, and also, many t- many upon a time, they've tried to do this before with a truce, and it always goes badly. Uh And this time it worked, and then we get these fun moments, like Clobber and Lockdown resuming their, their double-goon friendship, but on opposite sides of the wall. Yeah, uh, that was
2: cool. I liked that nod. I was like, oh, look, she got to switch sides. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah. But she, And she's still pals with Lockdown, and Lockdown yeah. is, in this series, he's, he's you know, a little bit dim, and he's, like, he's fine with it. He's like, yeah, we can't, you can't come over here, but otherwise, how you been? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but also, like, that episode where we get the the, the peek into the Decepticon city, and it's, like, it really quickly kind of became run down, and Skybite got a pulpit to do poetry on, so they could throw <laughs> back to that part of, yeah. of the Skybite character from from other series. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's it's really cool that they like they went there they crammed that in too like they they basically crammed in the till all Are one setting of like a post war Cybertron yeah uh and I, I just I love how much they stuffed into the series and and not only that but stuffed in stuff that I really loved that I thought I wouldn't see again for a long time yeah uh, and
2: that's not it I mean we're just talking about some of the stuff there's there's more.
1: Stuff well, yeah. Th- <laughs> yeah. If, if we kind of if we kind of just like jump right onto the finale, like why Megatron came back with his own Matrix and also like missing body parts and stuff, yeah. Uh, the bad universe, or like I loved how they referred to that universe's as Megatron as just like the other one. Yeah, uh, I thought, and it was, that's all it, they was...
2: cryptically say is the other one, the other one. You're like, okay, the other one. What? Yeah. What are they trying to talk about? Because as the buildup for that showed up, I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting, and then. Boom. And I was just like,
1: what? Yo, it's Tarn. <laughs> it's Tarn.
2: <laughs> they did it perfectly because they start out by showing a picture of a, like, like a, a scan of, of Tarn. And I did a double take. I was like, whoa, whoa. Is that Tarn? Is that like a Tarn picture in the background? And then that's the same episode where, boom, either that episode or the one right after it, where he just shows up and it's not just one it's a whole bunch of them and i just went what the heck they've got tarn in this and i was like holy crap things are about to go really explosive here how many episodes do we have left
1: oh my god! yeah like one (laughs) it's genius because for one they made a tarn model for 1.1 episodes but but also like what better way is there to there is no bigger nod to the to the 2010s fan mm-hmm. than to say like we have this thing it's called the perfect decepticon it's the the ultimate soldier created by an, an even worse megatron in an even uh, an even worse alternate universe and and they don't even say all of that all we see is that the other one has an army of tarns yeah. and if you're a transformers fan in the 2010s you probably react to that viscerally of like of like he can't have an army of tarns because that means no one's alive in the other universe. And like they don't they don't need to say that.
2: Yeah. They don't but that they, they do actually say it's Megatron comes in and says it's been a long time since it's been a millennia since I've seen an Autobot and I just went What
1: the hell? Yeah. It was it was just so well done like like to um, to 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 state all of this and to represent like this, there's nothing smarter to me than how do how do we make the adult fan not need to to have it spelled out for them in half a second? Tarn, there you go. Uh, that's what that's why I've had a criticism of the Siege show where I would like one of my biggest crits of it in capsule is. It's a very okay show that seems to not be aware that the 2010s took place for the fandom and for yeah. the franchise. And to me like this this is a perfect illustration of that point. Like like Siege is like dark and dour and it, and they constantly have to spell out for you like how bad everything is. Cyberverse has an army of Tarns show up and we already know how bad it is.
2: Yeah. They Didn't don't have, have to, to say go a into word. A, they, they don't have to go into a lot of detail about that. Just the fact that Tarn exists. It just like Whoa. Mind blown.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But that was the
2: reason why Megatron came back and made peace with Optimus Prime immediately. And he's been building up since he came back, trying to find a way to stop these Tarns from showing
1: up. Yeah. and, and, And... like this is probably me drawing the line more so than the writers but like it even throws back to the fact that like the DJD were kind of the culmination of of IDW 1 Megatron's whole story arc mm-hmm. was was him kind of like you know in a way coming back to to put an end to them specifically his his worst creation uh but uh yeah the the other one that is uh, according to the credits Megatron X which is also just a great name. Yeah. Uh who's just, you know, black black repaint Megatron with red life lights and power lines all over him. And super uh,
2: amped up on everything that he could possibly glean from the multiverse.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's the one who had a matrix and and boy when they showed the diverging point in that universe where it's just basically like yeah, he just shot Optimus in the face and and everything went bad. Yeah and they showed they showed quite a bit I felt uh, of, of without showing him shooting Optimus in the face they still showed a lot of that sequence yeah yeah uh, and uh, and yeah like he's just he shows up and is terrifying and it and, and yeah we've said it before it's one of the saddest parts is that like ob- it's it was hinted at for a third of a season all the horrible things Megatron X has done whatever Astrotrain's motivations are were created by him right like uh what Megatron went from being a, a sort of pastiche IDW uh to and G1 Megatron into an IDW 1 G1 Megatron pastiche because of this Megatron Megatron X. Uh and and I wish we could learn more about him. Uh an excellent final boss for the series, but yeah, absolutely leaves all this room for more storytelling if we could ever get the chance. Yeah. Uh it was a it was a good reveal. I, I also I was thrown for a loop because I was so sure the other one was just Tarn and I was like, Are we gonna have a speaking tarn and
2: Or a singing you know, Tarn? Or a singing
1: Tarn and <laughs> Yeah, literally the tarns the perfect decepticons don't actually say anything ever. no they just kind and of it- grunt they went <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was great
2: i was like yeah that you know why would megatron want anybody to speak
1: <laughs> yeah the, the again the another implication that he just lives in a universe full of mute tarns and and corpses everywhere <laughs> And like ah uh, that, I mean, that universe
2: the, the decepticons when they see how awesome he is they they literally bow down and pledge to him and he's like i have no need for you <laughs> i was like holy crap yeah it's like all the decepticons are suddenly now irrelevant <laughs> how do you feel about that guys
1: <laughs> uh but yeah the, it, it was it was a solid finale like like knowing it was the end was a real bummer like it, it always happens to me when i know i'm watching the last episode of a transformer show cuz yeah. i keep kind of hovering over the timeline and i'm like how much is left though like how many minutes are left though and and there have been 20 minute episodes where i'm like that wasn't enough and this was a t- again 10 minute runtime and i was like yeah that was enough for this episode
2: yeah but not for the season you kind of feel like afterwards like oh it was such a great way to go out but at the same time i feel like tomorrow we're going to have another episode right
1: yeah <sighs> yeah, and, and and it's 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 a credit it's to the to the writers bummer. that I yeah. felt I felt satisfied with the episode and the season, but robbed of a greater storyline. Yeah. Uh And uh and yeah, like also like I kind of was kind I felt left a little nebulous like the state of both Megatrons, like ours and Megatron X. You know, Megatron X is a prisoner of Astrotrain somewhere in unspace mm-hmm. uh in the multiverse, but like you know, our Megatron was kind of just comatose. Uh,
2: he was still moving he was still moving I did just watch that episode today so he was kind of still moving he had a mark he's got a Megatron X's mark on his chest and that was like some sort of thing that was like controlling him like some sort of like power thing he could torture him with just like raising his hand and it was just like oh crap yeah you don't really get an answer to what happened to megatron i would just guess that since megatron x is no longer in their universe maybe he's going to recover but they kind of leave that little bit hanging again yeah i mean it's still satisfying because we have an end to the conflict but we don't really see what happens to megatron so
1: and and like for if 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 it's just in the capsule of this episode in this season, it's it's completely fine because it would have been a lot to start cramming that in. Yeah. yeah, it it is a good season four hook, even if that season never happens. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just taking a look at some of the like I want to throw a big shout out to Maycat, who has been throwing down so much info about this show from the behind the scenes side. Uh, a lot of people have been on Twitter. Like Randolph Heard's Twitter account has been a goldmine if you ever yeah. go digging in there. Definitely go um, see it. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like, I was just, like, me sitting there going, like, what's up with Megatron? Apparently, according to Maycat, the crew wanted to, to do a reverse Optimus death by killing off Megatron. But in the final product, uh, there's a bit of an ambiguity as to what happens. And she can't remember if the crew was actually decisive about him dying in the script or not. Uh, and, and of course, there's also the, the big the big moment that apparently was not in the script but added by the animation team, which was having Soundwave and Shadow Striker in the celebrating crowd of Autobots at the end
2: yeah uh, yeah that would have been c- kind of nice to see some auto, uh, decepticons in there
1: well they they, they slip they slipped them in there um like i guess at the very last minute and it, it's oh, okay. like like they're in there and and apparently they weren't in the script I'm just looking at the screen cap and they're very small but they're yeah. in the screen cap but they're in there along with clobber and uh I think Shadow. I think um, Alpha Strike. Are you know this universe's Striker? I think might be in there too.
2: All right, I was uh, I was watching on a very small screen, so I I thought that I did. I thought I saw Clobber, but I didn't see anybody else. But Clobber's supposed to be there. She's an Autobot now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, that. I mean, I, I, this is actually going back to to the previous. Um, story arc. This is also why I'm like I'm happier to not write a bullet pointed list and just keep flowing yeah. with these kind of conversations. But holy moly Soundwaves story arc in this was not expected at all that he you know um grabbed a whole bunch of the IDW one Soundwave story arc and and in a great way. Like and he's thrust into this position and he and Rodimus end up becoming firm comrades by the end. Yeah. Uh and this soundwave you know was very much a, a, a eerie malicious character in in season 1 and 2 and i felt that the transition into into his role by the end of the show was pretty darn natural uh, it was you know brought about by circumstance but it it, it felt like it was earned yeah um,
2: they did a good job with it
1: yeah and and you know he also survived whereas i did to be one soundwave had to you know make a bit more of a sacrifice at the end of that uh, that continuity
3: yeah
1: um yeah. Uh yeah this the, the this is this is the closest i feel like we've gotten to to stuff i really like about idw's runs on the, on on transformers mm-hmm. but like like delivered rapid fire with high energy in in a cartoon and uh yeah it's it's i'm i'm already thinking about about the the podcast i've recorded about siege where it's just like one of the first things i would say about siege is it's fine cyberverse is better yeah. it's fine cyber versus better like that's
2: <laughs> like pound for pound it's all right you know but this is like you have that good better and best you know siege might be good but cyber versus best it really is
1: <laughs> yeah like uh, i i like him george Kirstick, who has worked on the machinima series and the netflix series and you know mega Meg- mega's xlr and everything but mm-hmm. He was sharing some tweets about the show he just worked on, as one would. And there are some articles saying that Siege is, like, one of the best series of, of the decade. It's one of the top five Transformers shows ever made. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't even say, know what Cyberverse is, do you? Yeah. Like-
2: <laughs> I, I want to say that that's from a point of view of, like, all of the other people that haven't been following Transformers since, like, the movies. You know what I mean? Oh yeah that's, yeah, that's that's where it's coming from, and I'm like, yeah, it's, so, it's like, but the rest of the Transformers fans are like, but this has already been done about a bazillion times. <laughs> there's nothing I, fresh about it.
1: I just feel like I mean, Cyberverse there's a few things, but. Yeah, I think Cyberverse would tap into the audience, too, because, like, you know, on day one, it's also the it was the evergreen show yeah. at first glance. And and in a lot of ways, like, it's not it's not just throwing bones out to people, you know, who were with Transformers during the 2010s and earlier. But the earlier part is in the show, like, especially in the first two seasons. There's there's a lot of G one stuff flying all over the place, and and I, the way I always love to sell this show to people who ignored it is like, this is literally that show that you all wanted since the Usenet days. It's it's a bunch of G one, uh, it's pulling a whole bunch of fan references, and there's no humans ever. Yeah, like, it, <laughs>
2: and there were it, never there was never a plan to have humans. I do remember that little bit out of one of the interviews that I kind of looked at the bullet points for. They never had planned to have any humans in it.
1: Boom. Yeah, there you go. Well- and it, and it what's so great about this show is that they did it, they did that specific thing without the usually uh, overwhelming sense of cynicism that comes with it. Of, like, this Transformers show is for the fans. There's not going to be any stupid humans in it. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't come across that way at all. It's just like, no, we naturally wanted to tell a story where the Transformers are all the main characters. It's like, yeah. boom. Cool. <laughs> Uh, and
2: and they didn't, you know, it was just like we just made a movie or uh, made a show exactly what you wanted, and you know, it just yeah, we didn't have to put any silly taglines on it. It just is what it is, and if you discover it, great, and if you don't, well, sad face because it's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 like it's it's not that it's, it's not that it should always be compared to this, but it's just you know they occupy the same year. It, I have a lot of trouble not constantly. Saying how much better the show is than the Netflix series, uh, because it's it's just it says a lot to me that Cyberverse was able to do almost every bullet point in the Netflix show and also a little bit better. I felt, mm-hmm. uh, and and the only reason why I think that's important is because I just feel like still there's people sleeping on Cyberverse, uh, and like I like the Netflix show to a point, but like. I like it. Be- I like it because I have the security that Cyberverse also existed and and uh, is a complete awesome thing. Uh, and, and I I just hope that by now, like I can understand in season one, but I hope by now everyone has taken the time to give the show a chance if they're way into Transformers cuz i i honestly don't understand how you couldn't at this point like i can understand a lot of reasons given if someone just didn't watch the thing and if this if this was uh what's uh, let's see 36 plus 26 if this was 62 episodes that were all 20 minutes apiece then absolutely i can see that being hard to tell someone to go and watch but yeah. it's not though <laughs> That's yeah. the thing it's not you can spend
2: ten <laughs> minutes and watch an episode a day and have it done in two months. there you go,
1: <laughs> yeah, like if every six episodes is approximately an hour, this series is uh let's see one two three, four five six uh seven eight nine uh yeah it's 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 less than twelve hours for an entire series. Yeah, uh, and there are seasons of TV that are longer than that. Like I don't, I'm not saying I'm, I should say I'm not saying go watch this all in one long run immediately. I don't think any show is watchable like that. No, uh, but it's not a big ask of your time. Uh, and I'm not saying this to you who's listening because if you're listening by this point, you must have watched it because you listened to the disclaimer at the top of the recording. <laughs> uh, just go tell your friends this. You know, indoctrinate more people into our cyberverse cult so we can demand a comic book continuation or something that would Uh, be great (laughs) i mean at this point it's the only thing i got left i mean (laughs) animated got like a comic sort of at one botcon about nine years ago uh that's the only precedent that we really have set so far (laughs) but uh and one can hope uh it, this this show was was a really special thing i think and and very unexpectedly uh i have one other thing i was going to say but first was there any, anything else um that that uh you wanted to talk about that we might have skipped past i'm just trying to think myself if there were any other bullet points i had but
2: i think we've pretty much covered everything that i wanted to say about it i know there's a few more bits that we haven't kind of mentioned but i'm like you know what people can go discover that there's more yeah I mean, this is just a sneak peek in a sense, and we've covered quite a bit, but there's there's a few more little juicy bits that are definitely what I would want anybody that is maybe listening that haven't seen it to go and discover. Because it, it quite literally, if it doesn't give you that nice, happily happy feeling of I've got a fuzzy blanket around me and I'm loved in the world because this is a great show. Then you know what I I don't know what to tell you because this is pretty close to as a perfect show that I think I've I've seen in a while and it made me really want another season but yet I'll just have to be okay with going back and watching it
1: yeah like like really on my own. (laughs) <laughs> some of the only places where the show suffered is like, I guess, some, some of the voice direction, kind of like with Netflix Siege, but I felt the show mm-hmm. was still way stronger in that department. Yeah. There, there seems to be something that comes with the non-union version of voice direction where it feels like, at least in the early episodes of the show, I, feel, I felt actually like this went away as the show went on. Yeah, but it got better th-
2: because they found their feet and then yeah. it just kind of it didn't bother me anymore
1: there's something odd about the non-union version of voice direction where it just always feels like, at least at first that no one's getting a lot of takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I, I want to stress this guys. I stress this in the, in the, in the Netflix siege podcast where I felt some of the voice performance was actually a much bigger issue. But like when we talk about union, non-union, please, for the love of everything, do not make that, uh, casting roles over the actual actors involved. Um, there is a large conversation about about union versus non-union and how that is a way to save on budget, but also a way to not pay more expensive actors, etc. Uh, but please do not start coming down on actors uh, and referring to their performances like as, uh, well, that's what you get with non-union actors. Because like some of these performances were so darn solid, especially by the end. Uh, and I just, I just think it's, I don't think it's very fair. It's not as much of a point for this one as it was for the Netflix show. Cause that was where we had websites going like, well, if only they had Cullen. And it, as we said, like, no, that wouldn't fix it.
2: Yeah. That, <laughs> if anything, I mean, okay. <laughs> I love Cullen. I will always love Cullen. He is undeniably going to be Optimus Prime for me for a long time. But I yeah. realized that at some point, like the guy is, you know, he's, he's not immortal. <laughs> the day that 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 we get the announcement that he's no longer among the living will be a really sad day for me but yeah. as transformers as a franchise is going to continue forward which means we need to at some point accept somebody else another voice or just be used to having d- new takes on a very well-loved very solid Character that's had a specific voice for a very long time. And so I'm like, we have to be able to embrace somebody new. And yep. I don't want that new voice to have to be trying to channel the voice of Cullen. And, you know, especially because I really think it's gotten to the point where Cullen is, he can't be mimicked. <laughs> Let's just live with the fact that he can't be mimicked. So that yeah. means that we have to embrace a, a new take and be okay with that. And that's why I was like, eh, if anything, Siege suffers the most in that. And I, I don't think it's the actor's fault. Like, obviously, because we see Jake
1: has also done the cyberverse version of Optimus Prime. I I didn't know it was him until after I finished Siege. And it just made me even more confused. Yeah. I was like, I was like, he just finished taking ownership of the character there's no way he would decide to to step back that much. So it's whoever directed be the direction,
2: that, yeah. yeah, the direction of yeah. the whoever is directing it said, no, we want this. I'm like, dude, do you not realize that fans are actually really ready to see a new take? It's okay, you know, we're we're all right with that. It doesn't have to fit that you know and maybe that's maybe that's the thing is that they weren't waking, making it and i i kind of get to the point where i think wow maybe the netflix show isn't for the transformers fans after all i mean they said it was but it really is coming across as kind of not <laughs> because they're still trying to imbue the Cullen voice in the most recognized character ever and i like i don't think this was directed at fans i think it was you know we need to have this because everybody else still thinks of him as Optimus Prime, is like the fans are ready to move forward. It's okay. You know, we're all right yeah. with that. <laughs> I don't know. The direction was
1: yeah. It's it's it is it is something that is um it, these kind of sentiments, it's very easy to inadvertently fall into a form of gatekeeping mm-hmm. by saying, like, you know, it's already happened here, here and here, but like I just I, I think that it would bring a level of quality that people would like it's 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 not saying you should just go watch three other entire series cuz you get it there but yeah. I, I don't think that folks who remember the 80s would be um turned away by just a good voice that is, that is a good character performance and with the siege show also like the whole idea that that's even necessary falls apart the moment you just listen to megatron talk yeah. in siege cuz it's jason marnoka's very unique take on megatron uh and it this that's what also would kind of set me off a bit about the voice direction because I was like this is actually just unfair yeah. to Jake because Jason Marnoka is getting to do his personal iconic Megatron performance and then you're also asking a dude to just sound like Peter Cullen as much as possible and yeah. certainly like that is the core of Jake's performance and and like I'm I I would not. I don't think I would like, like clap back at someone who says I may be overstating his quality to some degree. I just, I truly feel that he really took ownership of that role by the end of cyberverse, mm-hmm. but you know, it's already been proven many times over that we don't need uh, a Welker alike Megatron. Uh, and I think part of that is because Welker's Megatron is even harder to impersonate. Um, yeah, whereas a Peter Jason, Cullen voice.
2: Jason does such a good job with that Megatron that I, I, it, it's definitely not Welker, but it, it feels and walks and talks like Megatron. So yeah. we've completely embraced it. It's, it's, it. That's how you go.
1: Yeah, I, I just think there's a cynical reason why like Megatron's been a more flexible role, and I think it is because Welker's 80s voice is just infinitely harder to to mimic. Yeah. Uh whereas Peter Cullen's voice is hard to perform in when you're impersonating it but you can say lines. Yeah. To, like there's a lot a lot of people and I don't mean this is not meant to like to to denigrate anyone's um uh skill as a voice performer but I feel like there's evidence that like Peter Cullen's Optimus Prime is an impersonation friendly voice if you put a lot of work in to, to repeat lines he said with the same gravitas. Yes. Um but and, emoting and think,
2: in that is very hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just think that the 80s Welker voice is like it's I think people just didn't even try or or the ones who did. It came off so weak that it was it was left to the side. Um, The, the other thing I wanted to say is like Peter Cullen and Frank Welker, I felt, gave the performances of their careers in Transformers Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I felt that was a perfect coda to their time with Transformers as, as like main frontline voice actors. Not saying that, like, oh, I don't ever want to hear them again. I just feel like, like, if anyone ever says, like, oh, but we need them back, I'm like, they did, like, th- they did Prime though, and yeah. Prime was them doing kind of the culmination of those two character voices, uh, and and I felt like that was a perfect, uh, like, the, you can't really get any better than that from the two of them, I don't think.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, now they, because I was, I watched like a bit. weeks ago i was watching a couple episodes of prime and and you're right that was that's the way it feels when you listen to that it's like wow it's like megatron's voice is better than i remember it and like that show because they don't just do movie lines or whatever it's like they did a good job with the acting as well yeah you i mean you still get the same i mean That's where we get the probably more stoic prime than I remember. But, and that, I think that's also kind of what works for the character because it also pulls off in, in Cyberverse in that way too, where it's kind of like he's single-minded like really focused in one different direction and that you know it it worked for me i but i think that actually Mm -hmm. has some root in prime because if you go back like there were moments there was a the the opening of season two where he actually isn't prime he's orion Pax, so like he he's a he's got to be a little bit more younger a little more naive a little more huh i'm asking questions and trying to figure out what's going on but like but his character i mean just going back after you know years of I've seen primal but just listening to it and going wow these guys are really pulling out all the stops and really making this voice like really rich like even better than i remember like g1 being but they're really just putting it everything behind this Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if I just missed that the first time around or if it was like, I'm just rediscovering that again. I don't know. But I just thought, wow, I need to go back and watch all of this all over again (laughs) because this is really great. And then, of course, I went and saw Siege and then I've gone through season three of of Cyberverse. But now that, you know, it just, yeah, Cullen and and Welker have given us some really, really great performances. And that's never going to go away. so.
1: Yeah, and and at this point, like it would be cool to have them in, you know, in 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 some small feature roles or anything, but yeah. like mainlining an entire series, I just I feel yeah. like it would. It's whatever they do, it will end up. But the most hardcore fan will be directly comparing whatever they do to their prime performances. Yeah, which were also half a decade ago now.
2: Yeah, that's crazy to say that it's it's been yeah a decade, half a decade. Yeah
1: yeah wow. so it's it's been a while and like you know they they they're as far as i know they're not hurting for cash or anything <laughs> so uh and i feel more okay to the say fans this stuff they're
2: not gonna stop loving them okay exactly we like, like they're every, every convention they go our hearts to.
1: forever <laughs> yeah every convention they go to someone's gonna say "Oh, the show would have be been better with you guys on it like it's you know they're they're gonna get that love yeah uh
2: their space dad one is space dad two to everybody.
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And also Freddy, because Mystery Inc. was a very good Scooby-Doo show. Yes, <laughs> um, But yeah, the uh, going back to Cyberverse, uh, some of the little things I want to throw in in case folks haven't heard um, okay. some of the various oh. Q&A sessions, I'm just going to grab this right out of the TF wiki. I'm ripping off their website for my podcast. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just is, another uh, plug. So, so,
2: It'll just send more people there. <laughs>
1: Well, so, some of the things that that was, uh, that that were desired by writers, such as May Cat, that did not end up happening, included Obsidian, Ultra Magnus as Minimus Ambus, <laughs> uh, female Jazz, Rumble and Frenzy, Knockout. Transmutate, who would have been a mix of Beast Wars Uprising and the original Beast Wars design, nice. Thunderclash, Light Bright, Nickel, Combiners, crossovers with other continuities such as Aligned Animated Shattered Glass and G1, and a Redemption arc for Starscream, who would have survived exploding uh, but suffering from amnesia with a psychic shard of Windblade that he would have had to interact with to regain his memory. Oh my uh, gosh. Have and enough the,
2: for like next three seasons right there. <laughs> well,
1: here here is the perfect the perfect ending to this to this uh, bullet point uh Despite my Dweller in the Depths thing, the Dweller's the reason why I would've wanted it, but otherwise, to me, this is also the sign of a good writing team for Transformers right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, During the same Q&A session, Maycat noted that the crew, entirely the crew, wanted to avoid a storyline featuring Unicron because of how repetitive it has become. It's like, that means that they're actual fans! (laughs) Uh, So I, I can only hope that some of these folks are on some other Transformers show in the future, like, or the the, the the folks cut from the same cloth who, who have such an intimate love of the fandom to the point of, of being able to say that Unicron's kind of wrote though, like, <laughs> uh, that, that, those are the folks that, that I, I would, I, I hope continue to work on Transformers animation going forward. Uh, Whereas something like like the Netflix series feels kinda like a swan song for the the, the I I guess the Gen X fan, the ones who who would have been, you know, aged uh five to ten or whatever when yeah. uh when G one was on the air, that would have been part of their thinking childhood. That would be uh, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like Maybe you can confirm or not. Like, I feel like the Netflix show, like, you know, the the folks running it, like, from top to bottom, it feels like a show by and for the folks who were like, when I was eight, I had jazz yeah. as a toy. And, the, and, you know, for better and for worse. But it feels like that's the energy. And- that,
2: that is. It, it kind of does feel like the energy. I mean, I I'd have to go back and see who else is actually... Because I, I know a few of the people, I haven't really looked really close at all the writers and things like that. But I'm like, yeah, it kind of, that's the vibe that I'm getting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I, I don't know how much I got this across in, in the podcast about it, but, like, that's valid. That's a valid motivation with kind of the caveat, like, as long as it's maybe the last time for a while that that's the big motivation. Yeah. Then we're cool with it because, like, sadly, Cyberverse just feels ahead of ahead of that time. Like, like Siege felt like it would have been. I always say this. It would have been a great show in 2010 that I think we would all have heralded as amazing in 2010. Yeah, Uh, it it was just like a little bit late and arriving just as Cyberverse ended, which felt like the show for everyone who has been active and really into this stuff for the last 10 years as opposed to uh at some point when they were kids um and you know it, it's it, it's easy for that to sound like it's invalidating that nostalgia and i don't mean for it to but uh, yeah I, but, I mean the timing
2: i think that's that is i think i was talking with a couple other people that i said that too where i was like it almost feels like like we asked for so long to have a show that did that but we've kind of moved on. I mean, the fans are kind of, we, we move a little bit faster than, I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things where we finally get what we asked for, but actually it's a little bit too late because now we want something else.
1: <laughs> I, I almost feel like we even skipped that step and it's like, we got the thing we were asking for after something did it and many other things we didn't know we were asking for until they were already happening. Yeah. What a great time
2: to be alive. I mean, you know, think about this a decade ago where we're like, we need more of this. We need more of this. And, you know, now everything's coming so quickly. They're like, hey, we've got like, pick your poison. (laughs) We've got a lot to pick from
1: right now. That's that's also why I, I kept wanting to I, I always want to caution like like you know if you did, if you if you if you dug siege it's 100% valid cuz there's lots yeah. to like about it and if you really didn't like it that's valid but also like isn't it great that we also have this like three season show that just ended that if you didn't like siege I feel like you'd probably like this at yeah. least to yeah. some degree uh if you didn't like either that that's also valid it's just like between the two of them it, like it really is hitting a, l- a lot of the uh, the gradient arc of what you can be given by a transformers show i guess mm-hmm. uh but uh, yeah like like i don't know if we were clear i think we both liked cyberverse um, oh yes
2: absolutely speak on, on behalf
1: I... of amy here <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i i absolutely like cyberverse if i i would say it's right up there for me with animated so yeah, it, they just did so many different things that were such a fresh new take, very solid in their their very solid in their execution. I mean, the third the third season really is just, yeah, perfect. It's a <laughs> tour de force. It, yeah.
1: Not not just of Transformers, but just of modern animation that is merchandise driven, you know, yeah. like, like it, the 10 minute time slot. It's got to sell toys. Like, I feel like this show is is a textbook b- that was being written as the show was being written of how to do this. Uh, and, and yeah, like, like for all that stuff you just said, too, about all the new stuff it did. I got to say it again. This is the evergreen show as well. Like, this this was the first show that was literally using, like, um, analogies to the evergreen designs that are supposed to be, like, the most bog-standard, like, G1, I-kind-of-remember-it visual stimuli mm-hmm. that, that you can get. And then the show did its third season. Like, it did stuff in those first two seasons already, but, like, Bumblebee Cyberverse Adventures... Right down to the title is one of the most misleading in the best way series of Transformers we've ever had. Yeah, I still can't believe. I remember when I was watching this season, I kept laughing during the opening whenever the logo would pop up. Bumblebee, (laughs) Bumblebee Cyberverse Adventures. Anyway, Starscream's a giant floating Quintesson head, uh, and McAdam, who is actually Alchemist Prime, uh, just foresaw and executed his own demise with satisfaction. You're like, what? But, but where's Bumblebee? Yeah, uh,
2: that he's... whole quarter. Just a whole quarter of the show had no Bumblebee in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which also, for a show that started on the premise that it's Windblade and Bumblebee helping an amnesiac, non-speaking radio voice Bumblebee yeah. remember his life through flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the premise of the show when they announced it. Like the 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 final lesson to learn about the show that we as fans can learn from the show that I applied to the Netflix show uh because it was the first one where I could do this. Never again can we ever make an assumption about a Transformer show in my opinion. Yeah. No matter how rote it looks, no matter how boring or G1 loaded it may appear, Let's all just not ever make that assumption again, at least for, like, a a good half decade. Because Cyberverse just, like, friggin' backhanded all of us over and over again and fed us our hubris in a big, (laughs) delicious bowl of soup. You know, it didn't make us eat crow. It actually cooked the crow into a really delicious pie because it didn't have any malice. It just wanted us to know that we were wrong, but also to enjoy ourselves.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's a good Uh, way of saying it, basically. (laughs)
1: A lot of specific energies I get off this show that I just really appreciate uh, so oh. yeah that's I, I, I think that that about covers most of all cyberverse other than like just me lamenting about the toys but I do that in like every single episode of the podcast now uh, <laughs> and and hoping that there's more like that oh when they when those th- like those three new deluxe listings popped up in a computer I was just like like well three means actually actually eight though right? With a build a figure, right? And repaints <laughs> be... as well, right? Well, like one of them is Prowl, and I'm like, I'm like, if you make Cyberverse Deluxe Prowl before Windblade, like I don't even know what Justice is anymore.
2: Like... Yeah, that almost seems like, whoa, wait a second. Once an actual main character, one only lasted so long. What's going on with and, that?
1: <laughs> and is dead. Like,
2: yeah one's alive and one is dead and we're gonna focus on the dead character
1: (laughs) i mean in a perfect world like like i I will not rest until we have good toys of cyberverse Windblade and cyberverse slipstream but you know i can only i can only yell at the wall so much (laughs) before i I realize that doesn't make reality happen
2: hopefully somebody's listening to this and they'll say all right we should do it Yeah. This will change your mind, please.
1: <laughs> and because I know that, he, that that at least he's listened to these things when they pop up with the word cyberverse in them, Randolph Hurd, if you're listening, all right, I got one thing to say to you, Mr. Randolph Hurd, you. You did a really good job. Amen. Uh, do another one. Yeah, do another one, please. I'd like some more, please. Uh, that Randolph Hurd, that was really good. Again. <laughs> Again, though. Again, <laughs> I want seconds and thirds of that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I want more. <laughs> I'm not going to be subtle about this. I'm just. I'm going to take. I'm going to take my utensils. All right. I want more. I want more. All right. Uh, <laughs> something just fell over on my desk. That's what I get. Uh, anyway, uh, cyberverse. That was cool. Hey, while we're here, don't have to go deep into it. But I remember we talked about it in october uh last time uh have you been keeping up with idw2 at all uh since the last time we talked i haven't but that is next on
2: my list so now that i've gotten through cyberverse i need to go and catch up everything on the idw front
1: what what i'll tell you what i'll tell you Mm -hmm. in my opinion anyway it kept getting better
2: good
3: good
1: so uh, yeah. Uh, also, galaxies, uh, which sadly I heard is is an experiment that's going to be coming to completion in the next <gasps> no. few months. Ugh. Someone told me that. Someone told okay. me that. Uh, Hopefully, I think it's it a Mikey really dirty rumor. <laughs> well, Mikey told me, and maybe he was just messing with my head. But, but then Jeremy from Transmissions was there already too, and. He wouldn't mess with my head anyway. It, it sounds like they, like they might be closing up galaxies, and, and I hope moving on to some other kind of joint ongoing okay. uh, alongside the main book. Yeah, because
2: I've I've heard a lot of people say galaxies is like the best thing. Go read it, and I was like, oh, I need to really do that. Good, I just haven't done it
1: yet. <laughs> like like we're on the third galaxies story now, and it's three for three so far. Nice. Like like they've been really good, and like 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 all due respect, like the first one you know again about about prejudging something it had a lot of very dark and dim livio ramondelli artwork mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm like that can that can be okay that could also be really dour i don't know how to feel about this and then like some of the panels in that first galaxies were some of my favorite panels in in <laughs> well, not not like not like my favorite panels ever but like there's good panels in there a lot of which having to do with the insecticons and Uh yeah, galaxies has been so solid, like top to bottom, in my opinion. Uh, Cool. I hope you enjoy. I'm Uh, sure that
2: I will. I'm sure that I will. Actually, now that you talk about that, like IDW, I think there's actually a sale that are that's going on for the next three days. Yeah. Ooh. It's it's over on the 19th, I believe.
1: Well, I I I don't know if this actually
2: gets out in time, but and I don't think galaxies. (laughs) I don't think galaxies is included in that, but yeah.
1: I, I should also mention, the crossover books have been really good, too. Uh, Transformers versus the Terminator um, it just sort of goes off by page two. Cool. And it's like, all right, I'm in. Uh, the Ghostbusters crossover with Ectotron was really good.
2: And that one uh, is on the sale. I think you can actually get that one.
1: I that think. one's a good book. Yeah. That's a good story. Uh, and the, the uh, first issue of the My Little Pony crossover came out. I haven't and, read it uh, yet.
2: <laughs> I want to. <laughs>
1: It's been pretty solid. It's been good. pretty solid. Uh, I feel like it's not been up front as solid as uh, as Ectotron. Ectotron really set a high bar. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the Jack Lawrence penned story in the first issue of the MLP thing has been like that's that is some really good stuff. Nice. Uh, Starscream does in fact the first thing Starscream would do when he goes into a place like Equestria is is the highlight for me. Cool. It was perfectly in character. Um, I guess just to, to close things up, um, and I feel always feel weirder asking this right now because, you know, folks are not able to, to go out casually shopping as much as usual. But Amy, have you uh, recently at all, uh, I guess since October it turns out, uh, gotten anything – on topic to transformers that you feel like talking about any any fresh transformers acquisitions
2: yes so as you're saying this i'm like not only have i actually picked up a couple of the 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 comicsology. that's that's it's on comicsology. i didn't say that but it, yeah i i picked up some some digitals of um comics and just padding out what i didn't already have and hmm. then i i think since we last talked in last october i did pick up the transformers bumblebee dx um dx of the optimus prime
1: oh I did, the uh, the three zero piece yeah
2: the three zero piece i have that on my desk right now staring at me <laughs> i that's, did a, pick that nice up figure. it's a nice figure i i have a hard time like i really really like that figure i i can look at it all day and just find little new little things on it doesn't transform but it is a really really nice figure so
1: yeah i just i just moved the ab crunch on mine yesterday to look at all his spinal detail again uh and and like you know a little throwback to us talking about siege in the last few minutes like that line is doing siege optimus and megatron two of the most illogical show designs to ever do as a high-end action figure given that their cad models of the toys already yeah but like that line has such juicy articulation design i'm like no i can't ever tell anyone that they should go buy them but like in a vacuum they're probably going to be really good toys
2: (laughs) yeah yeah they are just like nice looking very detailed
1: yeah Uh, lots of of detail
2: put into it that i just i keep on i continue to marvel at
1: (laughs) That line is that line is a solid thing. I, I I actually really hope they go back to do some more bumblebee designs because oh that'd be cool uh, yeah yeah those those bumblebee those bumblebee models are very nice and they deserve more high end toys uh, yeah but uh, that's awesome I'm, I'm glad you picked that up I uh, I mean I don't
2: pick up things often but that one I saw and I was like that is really nice I can't stop looking at it I can't stop thinking about it I'm buying this thing <laughs> I'm buying it. <laughs> It's going to be my they, desk uh, former forever, but, like, yeah, I bought it.
1: They showed that they've, uh, they've got a, a couple, I guess they were going to be convention recolors that are now just turning into online exclusives. Mm-hmm. But uh, their, their Bumblebee movie Blitzwing, they have coming out in a G1 Blitzwing color scheme. Nice. Uh, which suits that design uh, way better than it should, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And also, that's a, another good figure. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want it. It's too expensive, but also I kind of want it. <laughs> we'll find a I way already... to make it
2: work if we want it that bad.
1: <laughs> I already got the one that looks like in the movie, so I don't need a second one, but I kind of want it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well That's awesome. Uh, I'm gl- I'm, cool. I'm always happy to hear people get in on stuff like DLX because it's, uh, it's, good, it's good toy stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've even uh, got I the,
2: it's, I I've, I put the battery in so the eyes light up and everything. My kids, every single time they come in, are like, I want to turn him on. And I was like, no, 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 no. Just, just leave him. Just don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Because if you drop it and it breaks, I'll be really upset. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but also, like, those eyes look alive, don't oh, they, yeah. when they light up? They're, like, that's. It's
2: gorgeous. Wow. I have a hard time not just sitting and watching, looking and going, oh, it's such a good figure. <laughs> and it I doesn't had
1: a even moment, <laughs> I had a moment yesterday when I was messing with him where mm-hmm. I forgot where the button was to turn the eyes on. Because <laughs> I thought it was the forehead, but that's because I've been messing with the larger Bumblebee. And, and his forehead button is always more obvious because it's an Autobot logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on Prime, I was like, oh, I don't, but there's, nah, that's recess. That can't be it. And I started looking for a button on the back of his head for a while. And then <laughs> I turned him around, like, I'll just push the front of his head. Click, his eyes turn on. Oh, that was a button. All right. <laughs> it's cool. yeah it,
2: it it makes sense because it, it does not look like a button at all but yeah, yeah
1: it's perfect uh well i'm i am glad to hear that uh if you ever need more attempt if you ever need more uh shoves off the temptation fence for things like that i'm always here and ready to happy to help yeah i know where uh, your, t- your
2: youtube channel is too so anytime you review something i'm like yeah that looks really good i want to go see what Vanessa says about this <laughs>
1: i I just I just reviewed the other month the four hundred and fifty dollar larger bumblebee movie bumblebee that they did so if you wanna, oh, wow. yeah I don't know about that uh that one's got some nice posable because it's cool. big um also does the thing you can slide up his belly to see the uh the car radio nice, but it does not shoot out a tiny cassette so you know four hundred fifty dollars wasted honestly honestly <laughs> um well, Amy, thank you for joining me uh, to talk about Cyberverse and to uh, to close the loop on that conversation. Ever since October, I was like, yeah, whenever whenever she finishes, we gotta we gotta close the loop on this. Yeah, I should
2: have done it yeah. earlier, but you know, I, I got there uh, when I got there, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, you still finished it technically before it finished airing, right? Like they're still releasing episodes on on the official YouTube page, I think.
2: Oh, okay, all right,
3: yeah.
1: So I thought I thought you'd caught up, but then I, I don't know. I, I looked and I saw that they were they were just hitting the end of the quintessence storyline. Gotcha. Um, OK, at least going off Randall heard the Randolph Hurd's tweets. Gotcha. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Another reason, by the way, why Randolph Hurd is great is he, he just he, he acknowledges. Yeah, it's this it's the nature of the beast right now. A lot of fans have watched it on Daily Motion. Just please watch it on YouTube as well so that there's proof that anyone watched it in okay. the eyes of the people who own it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fair.
3: That is, um, I agree. Yeah,
1: but yeah, uh, thank you for joining me. We'll uh, we'll find a way to get you on here again. Sure, uh, I'm sure
2: something will come out, and we'll like, hey, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, there was a brief moment where I was like, I should have a couple Siege podcasts, but then we we did our one, and I was like, no, I kind of said everything I said, and also I don't want to rewatch Siege to remember things, so I think we'll just we'll just cap that one. But yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we cool. got we got more of that coming too. Earthrise, I predict, will be out somewhere near the end of the year or start of next year. So uh you know, there'll there will be time for more podcasting. Cool. Uh but in the meantime, yeah. uh Amy, if people want to find out where you're at, you got a Twitter you got a Twitter account. I, I know I pulled out last time.
2: Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at Lady of Rec. That's where I hang most of the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can hit her up there and ask her for more of her opinions on IDW2 so that, so that you can quietly pressure her to start reading more IDW2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't do don't do that. Don't push people to watch stuff that makes them not enjoy it as much. Um, I always feel like I want to, at least for me anyway, I think there's actually folks who do enjoy stuff the same. I just, I just I always get a thing like when people tell me, oh, you got to watch it. I'm like, well, now I want to watch it less because I'm contrarian. Um, <laughs> a rebel. That panned out a... That panned out okay with Attack on Titan, it turned out, but uh, I still have to watch that Gridman show. Uh, But yeah, Amy, thank you for joining me. It's Um, been a pleasure.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me on.
1: Yeah, no problem. And thank you all out there for listening. We will be back with some more WTF and TFW. I think, I think we're going to have a normal episode next time, but don't hold me to it. I might get another idea in my head. But uh, I hope you've, you've been enjoying these these weird focus episodes. To be honest, while we're recording this, I'm still getting the first one ready because I'm, I'm, I'm getting a video version ready. Because our, our Aeronautics and Transformers podcast, one of my my co hosts on that time code set a whole bunch of he, he came up with time coded listings for a ton of images to go with it. And I want to make his work worthwhile by putting that in the video version. Uh, and that, that's make, making it take a little bit longer, but uh, yeah. Hope you hope you dug these. Let me know if you dug them. I really enjoy doing these theme podcasts. I'm going to do more of them because I, I think I enjoy this a lot better than having like a supplemental where we talk about a thing in addition to news podcasts. Because it's just why don't we just make these numbered podcasts? Um, and whatever you do out there, uh, we'll talk again. Stay safe. Wear a mask, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, catch you later.
2: Bye bye. What <laughs> <Yes.
3: laughs> <laughs> the, yeah.
0: Yeah.